Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> The next song we'd like to sing now is one which is a bit slower. This is from the show The Music Man, and it's also been recorded by our favorite American group, Sophie Tucker. Come sit yourself at home. Come sit yourself 
one of the family. I'm second to you. So strong. It's clear. We're going to get along. Consider yourself. My first sexy witch co-host resides in Clifton Forge, Virginia, a regular on the East Coast Horror Con circuit and my partner in crime. She is a horror fan and a self-professed super fan of the Marvel Universe, getting ready, doing her push-ups, getting ready for Infinity Wars next uh-huh. month. See her as a featured zombie in Plan 9 from Outer Space Remake and look for her on the web in ways you would find extremely surprising. Please welcome to the show, the sexy porn witch... Welcome on. You have no idea how hard it is for me to try not to sing along with these things. I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Told you. It's going to be a rough night that way tonight. The delay <laughs> makes us have to keep our sit on our mouths and our hands and keep us shut while our music's playing. So, all right, Erin Marie, we are going to come back to you because we have much to discuss, but I want to get to our other co-hosts and we'll come right back to you. All right? Okay. Did you like your theme song? Yes. <laughs> okay, good. Oliver is definitely all in right. my top five. Oh, gosh. Me too. Um, all right. Well, <laughs> let's bring on my next sexy witch. Are you ready? I think it's time. <laughs> and my other sexy witch co-host is located in Seattle, Washington is a visual artist, a writer for Living Dead magazine, an aspiring filmmaker and a published author. She's a film geek to the extreme, a regular participant in live-action role-play. Look for her wolfy attitude, personal writing, on her personal blogs and YouTube channels. And find her art on her art on her short and behaved, narrow-minded craft. Please welcome to the show, the sexy uh-uh. werewitch, Queenie Todd! Welcome, you're on with the sexy witches. Hello. And uh, the six Mary murders. Hello. <laughs> How is Seattle treating you? We had it coming. <laughs> yep, that was actually my ringtone for my ex-husband for like 10 years of marriage. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Awesome. I love you, Mary Marie. <laughs> it was, uh, it was so, the line. It was the line about picking a flower. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know how hard it was not to pick Sweeney Todd songs and like Repo songs? Those are my favorite musicals ever. Mm. <laughs> I have posters on my wall. Oh. <laughs> what? We will talk of them briefly tonight, but it's okay. not right now. It was but so, Chicago, yeah. <laughs> so supposedly you have stuff and things you've been doing. So what are you doing? Yeah, I'm really busy. Seattle? Well, tell me, tell me. I'm cur- currently I'm like doing some videos this week. Like I'm trying to do two videos, get those out before my birthday, because <laughs> in April I'm gonna have like a werewolf month <laughs> on my channel. So I have a YouTube channel for those that don't know. It's called Queenie Todd. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna do that, and I'm on a stream. My friend stream this week because he was like, hey, I need some people to you know hang out with on stream. So I'm gonna we'll stream. I've been streaming a lot. <laughs> So that's really cool. Um, what else am I doing? I'm going to go LARP this weekend. That's going to be fun. Awesome. I haven't LARPed in a while. 
So are you be going my barbarian. Your barbarian? Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> I gotta help Excellent. you know break the peace. <laughs> There's like some drama <laughs> happening in the game, so I gotta go and do like war council stuff. Hey, I have a question for fun. you. Have you done a scarecrow video yet? Hmm? Scarecrow video? Have you been to scare? Yeah. Nope. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, <gasps> I'm a bad geek. <laughs> scarecrow video is one of the last real DVD video stores on the planet, and it's one of the best. Oh. Uh, you know. It, no, uh, I remember it's now. Waste. I remember. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And they did a lot of it's like horror movies, right? Yes, they have an excellent horror movie uh, selection. Uh, Very cool. And uh, also, um, our guest host tonight, uh, Emily Intervia, her her partner on her show, Family and Podcast, she's from Seattle, Christina Makepeace, and she's always really cool. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> There's so many cool people so here. Michelle Ness is yeah, here. Like. I, I, I keep forgetting that Christina is actually in Seattle. So, you guys, I got we got to find a way to like Maybe have I'll you guys hang out meet with her. at some point. Yeah, totally. She could be on my show someday. Like, oh my god, you would love to have Christina on your show. She is so yeah, so good. Yeah, she is really really good. She can hang out with me in my room. (laughs) Yeah. So, are you doing another live stream? I I actually posted your last one. Are you gonna do another one? Not for the rest of March, but I'm gonna be on my friend's stream, and then in April I'm gonna have a special birthday stream. Oh, and me and Gory like B fun. Movie are planning it. <laughs> Do you know who Gory B cool. Movie is? Uh, the Horror no. Addicts. Horror Addict, yes. They are being horror addict. Yes, she is the one of the horror addicts. <laughs> ah, I love them. They're excellent. great. As I, so we're planning I was gonna something, something wonderful. Oh, I was going to make a suggestion. <laughs> I know you were making asking for suggestions for your werewolf month, and I wanted to make mine yes. on air. Totally. Late phases. Go ahead. Late, Ooh, uh, that late is good phases. Movie. That's yep. like my, I think in the last few years, that's probably my favorite. Even though it's not a straight up werewolf movie, it's probably my favorite werewolf movie. It's come out werewolf enough. <laughs> it's werewolf yeah, enough. Yeah, it totally is. And it's, it's one of the coolest. You don't get character studies and horror films very often. I mean, you do sometimes Too like true. Maniac, but it, 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 the execution on this was so good. I just think it's, it's amazing. It's a brilliant film. So, I really uh, like it. I would highly recommend it. Yeah. Maybe I'll cool. review it sometime. All right. We're good. Yeah. We're going to move on to our final uh, uh, panelist tonight, my L.A. correspondent. And, well, he he is a musical geek himself. He's performed in musicals as well. And I heard rumor. (laughs) Oh, better far to live and die. Under the brave black flag I fly, then play a hypocritical part with a pirate head and a pirate heart. <laughs> Away to the world across the sea, where pirates all have law degrees. But I'll be true to the song I sing and live and die a pirate king. My cousin, my L.A. correspondent in the sexy warlock of Orange County, 
And he's also sung in Pirates of Penzance as the Pirate King. So I cannot wait to have this straight dude talk about musicals tonight. Aaron Colgan, how you doing? Hurrah for uh, the Pirate King. I'm, hurrah. Yeah, I'm, I'm really finding it hard, like everyone said, not to sing along. But I guess I'm going to have to let it go. Let it go. Oh, well, that's actually why we're doing that. The show tonight. Because in two days on Broadway, the opening of Frozen on Broadway. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, that's why we're doing a musical episode tonight. And I have tickets to go see it on Broadway on October 26th, which also happens to be my daughter's ninth birthday. So guess how many tickets I have and guess who's going. So, um, you know, we'll make a New York (laughs) day of it. It'll be a lot of fun. So, and... Aaron, we're not going to talk much right now because we have much to discuss, but after we do our countdown of musicals tonight, you are going to have a quick preview of WonderCon, which also happens yeah. this weekend in Anaheim. This week, yep. Uh, yep, and for people that don't know, WonderCon is the, it's like San Diego Comic-Con Lights, run by the same people, a little bit more on the uh, uh, media convention oriented than the big panel oriented so there's plenty of that too, and Aaron Cogan will all have a preview. He goes every year, isn't that right, sir? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. So that'll be awesome. And uh, so that's it. We have played all my introduction songs, and everyone is in, and my panel is here. And so we're going to bring it back to Aaron Marie. Aaron Marie, oh, me. Let's talk about Monster Mania 39 because. <sighs> well, let's just say that it went from being a hot mess to a clusterfuck in the matter of two days. Now, not of, all of it's problems. We're going to try to be fair about this recap, but we're going to be honest about this recap, too. So I hope they're listening, and we're going to be constructive. We're not going to be evil. So please, please, uh, I hope if anybody's listening, take it to heart. We really love you guys. We want all of our media convention friends to succeed. So... Aaron Marie. Well, I think take I think across across the board, the consensus is just for years now because they've been drawing a, a crowd of twenty thousand plus people, especially on a Saturday, for the past several years. That they've just really outgrown their venue, and and that really, really became a problem. This one. <laughs> um, well, I, I, this is why I didn't go. Go ahead. I was going to say, but one of the reasons why I didn't attend with you this year was because I thought the crowds were a little bit tight last year. So go ahead. Yeah. Uh, No, I mean, it really is. It needs to expand into a larger hotel. And I realize that it's probably difficult, especially around the Philadelphia area, to find one that is large enough without being too expensive for your base. But there's options. (laughs) Anyway, um, no, I mean, everything was fine on Friday. It was a normal Friday crowd. Maybe just a smidge more people, but not by much. I got everything in um, that I needed to do on Friday. And Saturday, but, Saturday was the big one. But let's go back to Friday because it actually wasn't all as normal. And the problems actually started Friday right before the con started when the fire marshal calls them up and closes because of the uh, storm, the nor'easter yeah. happened. They closed the down the outer tent, which was where the, they had all the chairs set up for the panels as well as most of the autograph space. Go ahead. Can you follow up with that? 
Well, I mean, it was, I, I don't, there was no autograph space in, in the tent that was supposed to be set up. But the, the they did close uh, the tent that they were supposed to have for panels because they were expecting a larger crowd. And the room that they usually do panels in was being occupied by literally two guests. Um, Elvira and and Paul Rubens had that room because it was very large. <laughs> And and their crowds were massive all weekend. Um, John Carpenter also had an insane line the entire weekend. Um, I heard that people waited hours for some of the, his photo ops. At, at one point in time, the autograph line for John Carpenter was at about three and a half to four hours long. And I have been to convention. Quick picture. Well, that was the autograph line. I don't know about the photo op line. Um, You could barely move around the hotel on Saturday. The fire marshal came in and closed down the hotel from uh, being you. You couldn't enter, and you could not leave because if you left, you couldn't come back in because they were absolutely at capacity. Um, but that was only for about two and a half hours. I mean, most of the complaints that people had were just for that two and a half, three hour period of time. And if you were completely unaware of how Monster Mania's crowds were, you didn't know to get there early, then yeah, you were going to have a problem. So there were a lot of people that were coming in from, from out of town and there were a lot of people like blowing up at um, volunteers that it's not their fault. The fire marshal literally wouldn't let anybody else in. And if you're not going to pre-buy your tickets, we can't help you there, son. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, they sold out. but there were yep. people that had pre-buyed their tickets, though, that were denied <laughs> entrance during that time period. Um, they were not allowed well, in, and they you, had VIP tickets in advance. Um, yeah, now they allowed when you go to have room. lunch, you come back, and it's better. Well, to be fair, there's nothing around that place that's really, I mean, there's food, but it's not really, if you don't know that area, it looks kind of dreadful. I've never, it's not the greatest neighborhood in the world, so I could see people how they would not want to go look around for food, even though I know where to go because I live there. But, um, well, but, I mean, literally um, but, you're 15 minutes from Philly. You know, I, I do think they oversold because I actually was checking because I was deciding if I was going to go with you. And there were uh, photo ops for Pee Wee Herman up through Friday afternoon. So I, they were still selling uh, to that point. Uh, a lot of people, some people did miss their photo ops because of the three hour close down. Um, the so, only thing I would say is, you know, they're not going to get a refund because photo op people never give refunds. Uh, I do think that the VIP people that got denied entrance probably should get refunds because you are at least guaranteed entry into a into the venue. Now, cancellations is something that happens and subject to change is always in the program. So unfortunately, and they did, and this is what blows. And I was really looking forward to most of these to hearing these about these panels from you, Aaron. All the panels were canceled because of the crowding except for Jason Reunion and John Carpenter, which you were already back yes. coming back to my place when those yeah, were Yeah, because they had, to push them, they had to push them off into the late evening. I don't even know if they did the costume contest or not because I had to leave by, before then. But I'm sure they did because then you would have had a lot of really pissed off people. 
I, I think I saw pictures of the costume contest online. So I think they did have one. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if the VIP party happened or not. I'm assuming it did. Yes. So the yeah. VIP party went on as usual. Um, partying, everything was normal all through Friday. Like, uh, the only photo op I had was the Tim Curry photo op. And because Tim Curry has to pre-sign his things, big, you know, he couldn't, like, have to sit at the autograph table at any point in time. They just set him in the room, um, you know, right off the entrance when you come in where the Karate Kid guys were. Mm-hmm. And they had the the photo op booth set up in there, and he just sat in his wheelchair the entire day, and just people filed in and took pictures and went out. He was very pleasant, very coherent, spoke well. He just really can't move his body that much. Everything else well, is in I'm tip top shape. It's still Tim Curry, you know, movement or exactly. not. My first crush, my first love. So, uh, you know, I, I, I oh. feel awful for Monster Mania, though, because in some ways. Uh, well, for, you know, James Harris, Doc Terror, who we miss terribly, uh, this was his favorite show. He would have been absolutely devastated to hear what happened um, on, on the weekend. And I will say that a lot of shows do have a, have a, a season where they have a day like this. Uh, awesome Con had one two years ago when they didn't realize Peter Cabaldi was going to bring everyone out, which I don't quite get because it's Washington, D.C., it's Doctor Who, the biggest geeks in the universe, and it's the sitting freaking Doctor Who, you know, uh, headlining the convention. Of course he's going to bring lines, but, you know. Yeah, but at least that convention center has the space. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, it does happen. I was thinking about the first season, first um, Blood on the Beach when those went down in Virginia Beach. The cues were pretty bad for that, um, and, you know. But the, you know, but Monster Mania was always really one of those people that had their 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 shit together a little bit their more when together. it came to Kiwi and stuff. They've been doing it for so long, and so they've been able to book the bigger bigger uh, people. Um, but something went down this year that wasn't the same behind the scenes. We don't know what it is. I hope they figure it out. Uh, we don't want to see it go up in flames. Uh, you know, it would be kind of I tragic. don't think it will. Uh, uh, well, you never know. I, I, do, I do have a fervent hope that um, between now and next year, because I don't think they'll be able to find a new venue between now and August. But they could be looking for next year's venue already. And there was actually a hotel well, I passed um, in or, the Mount Royal area. Or they need to cap the tickets. Well, the tickets were capped. They did actually sold out. Sold out. But it it was well, too many people that came in. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, well, I'm kind of glad. You I could barely go. move we're around. Not- and there were... There were literally people in the hallways, um, in the different, you know, the room floors, just waiting on the elevator for hour, because every elevator that stopped on their floor was completely filled to capacity with people going up and down. I, I heard that the veterans room did okay, though, considering and the silver lining and all this. Oh yeah, because because there were no one can move around. Exactly. There were a lot of people who, especially con veterans who do this all the time, 
who just didn't want to fight the crowds and just decided, well, fuck it, we'll spend our money with the vendors. So the vendors actually had pretty good weekends. And and I do want to say I think it's that that you know we also missed one more important thing that happened over the weekend, and this would have been one of these stories we would have brought back as a laugh, but it kind of was the beginning because it happened on Friday. Uh, Kane Hodder accidentally cut someone with a machete. Yeah, yeah. and I saw the pictures of it because I went into the bar to say hi to Kane, like I always do, and I like muscled in behind him. And they were all laughing and stuff, and he turned around and gave me a hug. But the dude, I saw the the guy had a bandage on his arm, and then he was flipping through his phone, and he was showing Kane the pictures before they, like, sewed it up. It was pretty gnarly. Damn. But, you know, somebody had brought in a machete that was sharpened, did not tell him about it. And, of course, Kane is a very animated person, and, and he likes to play with machetes. And the person he ended up cutting was actually his friend and person that worked with him behind the booth. He didn't cut a guest. <laughs> oh, okay, good. That's at least a little bit better than what I was hearing. Yeah. But, but you know, when I went to say hi to him in the bar, he had already bought him dinner, and they were he was buying him drinks, and he felt so bad. But, I mean, what kind of... Who else can say that they've actually been maimed by Jason Voorhees? And Lisa? <laughs> uh, you, know? you know, that's, that's a like story. Story. That that's fucking hilarious. How'd you get that? <laughs> I wear that oh, scar proudly. <laughs> right? I would have, yeah. after it healed yeah. up, yeah. I would have them sign that shit and have it tattooed. No doubt. Oh, my God. Well, you know. He everything worked out in the end when it came to that, and I'm sure no, you know, if anybody, if you're gonna have an accident, if anybody you want around to help you out and and save your ass, it'd be Kang Hodder because he knows what he's doing. Uh, and and his, by the way, his documentary just came out, which is about his time when he got burned and how he survived uh-huh. and his bullying as a childhood. Uh, it's supposed to be a fantastic documentary. So look for the new Kane Hodder documentary that comes out. Where is Kane Hodder? Apparently on VOD. <laughs> so go watch it. So anyway, <laughs> so we are, do we have any final things we need to say, Aaron Marie, about Monster Mania? I really enjoyed meeting the people I've met. Um, I got everybody in I wanted to see except for John Carpenter. I wasn't going to fight that line. Um, I talked to Sean Astin, which was really nice. I got to tell him, because um, my cousin Cindy babysat him when she lived in Hollywood from 79 to 82. And uh, and she could describe his house and everything. And he was like, oh, my God, that's just too random not to be true. And he was racking his brain trying to remember his babysitters. Well, I'm glad and I'm glad that you survived and nobody died even though there was blood. There was blood. Um there was no, even some I, I had a I had a parking lot. With lots of liquor, so. <laughs> Great. So, I, I think that's crazy. enough. We we Monster Mania, uh we let's see what happens with with August and see how they manage the crowds. Uh, the only thing I would say about uh, about Monster Mania on Saturday is that they had with the fire marshal closing down the venue uh, uh, with the with the tent that they should have probably 
rearranged things at the last minute for Saturday, and they, but no one was being really proactive on the queuing. Maybe well, they were their lessons. They just had too many people and not enough rooms. Well, I would say that one of the things that was their main the their main panel is, room is walkie talkies. They, yep. they didn't have enough volunteers. They were overwhelmed. They didn't have walkie talkies. And the most important thing about a, a monster of convention is queuing. Uh, you know how you keep the queue in line. And if one person in a room has walkie talkie, that's at least something. And that would have helped a lot. So if any, if the Monster Mania gets any constructive criticism from us, other than a venue change, which may or may not be able possible, get some walkie talkies for your for your volunteers. I think that'll help a lot in a lot of reasons. So. Anyway, yeah, we're going to take a quick break, quick break, and, 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 and then we're going to come back, and we're going to change gears completely and bring our musical on, because, you know, I haven't done this in forever. It's time to bring our musical Quick Oh, 
All right, my guest tonight is one half of the Feminine Critique Podcast. She is a native New Yorker with access and a vast knowledge to Broadway and Broadway musicals. There was no one else on earth, I'm serious, that I'd want to possibly do this with. I mean, we have so much in common when it comes to musicals. I can't believe it. So please join, welcome back to the Sexy Witches. Emily in Trivia, how you doing? I am doing ridiculously well because now I just want to sing Magic Dance all night, and that might be a problem. I might not be able to stop. I apologize in advance. Okay. <laughs> you weren't here earlier. You have to be careful because we have a six-second delay on our on our show. So if you start to sing with the music or sing with other people, <laughs> it's out of sync. So it's going to be really, really difficult to do. But we can do. I'm just using the better. mute button. Perfect. Just use the mute button and sing. That's what you should do. That's what I'm doing. I feel like as long, it doesn't feel as right. As long as you unmute it. So, so okay. Emily. I'll do what I can. I no problem. Okay. I'm so glad you're here. Yeah, and once I heard thing that was nice. And I just listened to your show, uh, the one about, uh, was it, uh, uh, oh, my God, Three Amigos. I just listened to that ah. show this, today. So that was very awesome. Um, <laughs> and it's funny because, uh, you know, Mulholland Drive, I absolutely love that movie. And I was like, you're like, oh, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. So I'm so psyched that you actually ended up liking that one. It's like the only David Lynch film I like. It was a wonderful experience of realizing that in 16 years, uh, you can change a lot when you sit down and watch a movie again. And the movie's going to play very differently when you're no longer 20 years old. So... Yeah, it was it was a really fun episode to do because I was like genuinely concerned about doing Mulholland Drive because a like I saw it when I was twenty and I hated it, and b it's like one of those you know movies that gets put on top of lists now as far as best movies of the last twenty years and all that, and so I'm like I don't even know if I'm qualified to talk about it. And then like talking it through, I'm like you know what? If you have fun with this movie, it's so good. Like if you allow it to just to just sit back and enjoy it and take it lighter than something serious. It's a really, really entertaining film. Well, please, please, folks, listen to her show. It's on The Feminine Critique on Tumblr. I love their show to death. I'm so glad that Alan Ricks pointed me in your direction. And uh, I've, been, I've, been, I've been hooked on your show ever since. And uh, your Christmas shows especially. I think I might have you come on and do a Christmas episode because I can't sit through those movies more than a few minutes. So I can't because of you this year. Oh, I know. Yeah, no, my mom spends all of her time watching those movies, and, and I can't stand to sit in the living room with her at Christmas time. Yep. I think everybody's mom does. I have friends. Everybody I talk to is like, yeah, my mom. Bad, uh, animated Christmas holiday party and we all bring over our favorite bad things. I think I'm not allowed to bring Star Wars Holiday Special anymore. I'm not sure. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, we all Star sing, uh, we oh, celebrate a day at peace yeah. anyway. Well, it's yeah. that one is well, yeah. one that starts out so great because, like, for the first half hour everybody is just jaw-dropping, like, what is this? This is the best, worst thing I've ever seen. And then it's, you realize it's 90 minutes long and at a yeah. time, <laughs> like it goes on for seven days. It's it's literally better than five minutes of Wookiees growling at each yeah. other. And yet and, that's and I still, still entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, but... Well, okay, I will defend the uh, the Boba Fett cartoon, even though it's mm-hmm. not canon, or 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 it is depending Fair. on who you talk to. It is. 
canon. I, it is I canon. I think J.J. <laughs> Abrams it is. Okay, but then yes, no one recognizes Boba Fett on uh, Bespin? Really? But really? After all that close contact 3D, with him? Okay. Yeah. No, no. And, but it's still fun. Oh, listen, we're already talking musicals, and we start out with the Stolarer's Holiday Special. What the fuck, guys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Classy. Oh, we, are, we, are, we are so nice. geeks at heart, aren't we? So, yep. well, Emily, <laughs> this is your first sexy witch round robin. So let me explain how this works, okay? Okay, good. I'm so nervous. Even okay. though I kind of I kind of told you about it, but but okay. So even though we totally all of us did not construct a top 10, I constructed a top 20 with 25 titles. Erin Marie has 20 has 20, 38 48 was on my list. 48 titles. And, and Queenie was at 23, is that right? I think actually 25. I miscalculated. <laughs> uh, so, Aaron Kogan, how many actual films did you brainstorm initially? Well, not just films, but some TV and some other media. I came up with over 50, which I cut down to. <laughs> nice. <laughs> has me beat. Dude. But, 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 we're, not, we're not allowed okay. to include TV shows. We're not allowed to include, uh, for example, um, Gilbert and Sullivan, what, what? Uh, we're not allowed and to And Repo, include... the genetic opera, and right? Sweeney Todd. <laughs> well, that, because that's so bitter. Because that. it would all it have it. that. Yeah, and, and especially and Sweeney Todd. I know three anyway, of us would so. have it. Uh, yep. so, but yep. here's, here's how it works. We, we have constructed out of those plethora of musical titles a top ten. And we are going to read on air our five to one in a round robin. So I'll pick, I'll tell you the order and we're going to do it that order. I'm always last in the order until we hit number one. Now let's just say if Erin uh, Marie says a movie and then I had it higher up on my list and hit it later, you're allowed to take from, in this case, I'm going to say you can take from your top 20. Any in your top, because we have so many. Any in your top 20 you want to talk about, you can talk about, you can also have two honorable mentions, and your two honorable mentions can be anything. So it doesn't have to be just a movie musical. It could be a TV show, or it could be an episode of a TV show, for example, like Buffy. That's horrible. Oh, um, that changes everything. Okay. You know, um, I have I have something I have a I have a, a single uh, a, a movie that had one single number and I wanted to point that out in the honorable mentions. Erin uh, Kogan, I totally said you could have Pirates Penzance in your top ten. What? I said thought you said no Gilbert and Sullivan. No, I didn't. I said I had it in my honorable mentions, but since you had it in your top ten, oh, you can I have misunderstood. It. Of course you can have it. Oh, oh. No, no, no. You can okay, have I'll be it. right back. I have to, to reorder this. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just made it. I, you point. gave limits, okay. and I took those limits because that made it <laughs> much easier for me to be like, okay, so I'm saying this, 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 these, like I'm throwing these out, they don't count, and it made me like I, I, I'm somebody that I like working with limitations, like same in writing, like it well, was always like, oh, give me an assignment because I can figure it out. We we had to do limits because uh, if we did, first of all, we'd have too much overlap, and I wanted to have a good variety mm-hmm. of movies come out. Sure. And the other thing is, is that there's just it, it was the only way I could actually focus it myself. Because believe me, when I sure. initially started writing shit down, I was like, oh my god, I don't know. I love this movie. I love. I mean, there's movie there's movie musicals on this list that I absolutely love that did not make this list, sure. including Singing in the Rain. 
Mm-hmm. And wow. I'll explain why. Um, you know, so, uh, but first, I'm going to do the round. Let me give you the round robin number. I'm going to start with, Emily, do you want to go first or do you want to, are you too afraid to go first? I, I'm scared now. I'll go second. <laughs> okay. All right. So we'll start Erin Marie. Well, and then we'll go uh, Emily, then we'll go Queenie, and then we'll go Erin, and then I will be last. But before we do that, I want to jump out to Queenie because we've accused two movies from all of our lists because we all, at least three of us would have had one of the films. And I know that it would have skewed Queenie's list because they're her top two favorite films of all time anyway. Hmm. They really are, like of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, Todd. So, Queenie, why don't you go ahead and explain why all of us love Sweeney Todd so much, and why most of us? Because I don't think Emily likes Repo, but most. No, of I actually do like Repo. Yeah, I like Ooh, Repo a lot. No. Oh, you do. Well, what's yeah, I respect it quite Repo? a bit. Christine doesn't. Oh, good. Oh, good. So I'm good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. She doesn't like music. Why would she? Would I wish she's we one could of turn those her. people. Well, we gotta well, turn I... her. Yeah, I've tried. It hasn't worked out yet, but I'll keep trying. We'll work on it. We'll work on it. So, so Queenie, talk about Sweeney yes. Todd and Repo the Genetic Opera. Well, with Sweeney Todd, there's like a rich history, right? Like, there's so many different versions of Sweeney Todd. And I think it started with, like, the Penny Dreadfuls. I'm not sure, like, where it really began. But they, yeah, you know, uh, Penny Dreadfuls had Sweeney Todd. Yeah, yeah. It was 1860s. Yeah. It is an old, old musical and has been done many, many times. But I love the story. I love the characters. I relate to Sweeney Todd, of course. And my nickname, Queenie Todd, which has become like a big thing. (laughs) It's pretty great. From, you know, combining Sweeney Todd and Queenie. (laughs) I am Sweeney Todd. (laughs) I even have straight razors. (laughs) Um, Repo is amazing. Because, like, there's everything yeah. I love in this movie, okay? There's horror elements, there's gore, there's amazing singers, there's opera mm-hmm. singers, like, real opera yep. singers in it. There's cool Fair costumes. Right it's a post-apocalyptic world. Everything's crazy, and in the end, most people die, because that's an opera for you. Yeah. <laughs> love it. I, I, I always, love it. I always felt that Sarah Brightman's um, contribution to that to the movie really gives it cred, that I think it would yeah. have if she wasn't there. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, um, is, what's his name? George uh, Herbert. Uh, Anthony No, the, the dad that dies. Oh, oh yeah. Anthony Anthony he, he's a real opera singer. Yes, he's a real opera singer. Yeah, he's a trained opera singer as well. He's probably more legit than Sarah Brightman. <laughs> yeah. You know, he, and I think, he had like, a real hard... He loved doing the film... Because he just like mm-hmm. he's an he was a trained he a opera singer, but he didn't sing opera for thirty years because you know that's he ended up in film instead. So it's it's kind of one of those movies too that has that charm about it that everybody there wanted to be there. And I mean, hey, Paris Hilton is actually really good in the movie, and yep. apparently like <laughs> she provided herself. her own wardrobe. Like she got yes. there, and she's like, oh, you guys need money? Okay, I'm rich. I'll bring my own clothes. Yep, yep. That's that's her. Paul <laughs> did say though. Um, his his solo in uh, Tales from the Graveyard, uh, he didn't understand what uh, Daryl and his Bozeman and Terry Zignick was going to do with, like, what they were doing with it because he didn't hear the song ahead of time. And he got angry at them, he actually said. Oh, wow. But then when he actually saw the finished wow. product, he apologized. 
<laughs> you know, he, he was like, wow, this is awesome, you know, because he doesn't see the other half. He has no idea, sure. right? There's all these Never show the happening. mid-creation. <laughs> yeah. You show yeah, people exactly. your creation when it's done. Exactly, exactly. So uh, I, Sweeney Todd is probably my favorite musical of all time. Uh, I actually, as much as I have issues with Seed in Sondheim, uh, I don't have issues with that musical. And uh, uh, I grew up with the Angela Lansbury version that was on HBO for years mm-hmm. and years oh, and right. years, and she, she she won the Tony for that role. Goddess. And yeah. it, every goddess, yes, she is. Uh, even with issues lately, uh, you know, uh, absolutely like like everything about even the movie version. It was odd casting because the two leads aren't singers. But the supporting cast right. is very good singer, are very good singers, and I think mm. they make up for what the lacking of the two leads do. But the everything about that movie is awesome. Like you know, first of all, Roger Deakins should have won an Oscar for that. Wasn't that one of Roger Deakins' movies he was nominated for? I think it was. It might not have been. It, was. it might have been. And Dante Ferretti, who is one of the most amazing set designers, won the Oscar for that movie. Uh, you know, uh, I, I I like. Well, can we not say that we haven't talked about already about Repo, but Sweeney Todd, I, I think people missed how awesome it was. Christina, did you get to see Sweeney Todd in the theaters? Emily? Wait, did you say Emily? You called her Christina. Yes, I'm like, You mean wait, Emily, right? Wait. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Same difference. I've had days um, like that. It's okay. <laughs> you know, oh, my I God, I'm always in the theaters like or not. It's, right? you know, I I love Sweeney Todd the musical. I don't love the movie quite as much, mm-hmm. just because I think I, I love all that. versions. <laughs> the work, but I you know I just I I wish it was done with actual Sondheim singers or people that could handle that music yeah. better. So for me, the fair enough is uh, the movie misses a little bit for me. I, I, I do think Johnny Depp is a cute I think he did a fantastic job. I think people are too hard on him. Just like I think people are too hard he on Russell Crowe and he did Javert and Les Mis. Well. Oh, no, I don't forgive Russell Crowe for Les Mis. <laughs> 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 like, stars. I feel Russell bad. Doing stars is actually my favorite. I mean, it is so good. It put chills all over me, and I fucking fell in love with it. I well, that, that song is right amazing, period. That's cool. that's a show-stopping piece in the middle of Les Mis. Alan Rickman is amazing. So, yeah. Uh, Alan Rickman is amazing as Judge Turpin, and I can't sneak yes, more inspired casting with the to be honest. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. No, that works. Oh, Pretty Women is sexy. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Next fair. Uh, you know, genius of Sondheim. The genius of Sondheim is the darker everything becomes on stage in the story and and in the movie the more beautiful the music becomes. The music mm, starts yeah. out ugly and harsh, and it and as things are getting really fucked up, the music's gorgeous. Sondheim's a yeah. fucking genius. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, we've covered Repo and Sweeney, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I feel better now. We can move on. <laughs> My favorite. Oh. Repo definitely would have been on my list. I'm not so sure that it's the It's my number one favorite movie of all time. Like, out of all movies. Like, I just, I love it because it has every element I love in a film. You know, everything I love about horror, everything I love about musicals, mm-hmm. everything I just mm-hmm. love about opera. Like, 
Well, so you know how obsessed rich. my kids got with it last year. They cosplayed it for scarcity care. Oh, <laughs> right on. <laughs> and they looked they, great. They, they had cosplay. an amazing cosplay too. I want to do they, a Nathan cosplay it. so bad. Nice. You should have seen how jealous the two adults that went as Sweeney Todd uh, during the <laughs> contest were of the four kids going as Sweeney Todd. <laughs> they were really mad. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> it was hysterical. Um, I, I will, believe it or not, uh, Blog Talk just kicked me out. And I just came back, so I missed some of that. I was but, wondering. See, we're having a day. Uh, <laughs> I, I wanted to say one more thing about Sweeney Todd, and then I was going to move on. And the only thing I would say about the movie that I wish they had done was somehow incorporated the chorus into the musical itself. Even if they didn't mm, yes. use it during the movie yeah. runtime, I wish they had at least brought the Raise your record high, yes. yep. at the end in the credits. I think it would have filled would have out amazing. the story because yeah, they filmed it. Kimberly they just didn't like, use it. Yeah, with with yeah. Anthony Stewart has no hell. special edition, yeah, please. Exactly. I, How about I, now? I, special I do realize what Tim Burton was trying to do by symbolizing the neck being cut, the music stops. I got that. That's what he was doing. Totally get that. You need a finale. <laughs> you really do. It's a musical. Yeah, you know, no, I really, I, uh, this was a musical that when they advertised it, the trailer didn't include music because they were scared audience members wouldn't come to see a musical. So. What does everyone think of the new song that they did for the movie? Uh, At the Beautiful Sea, by the Beautiful Sea. That's not. That's not a. That's not a new. That's that's from the original. I can show you Angela Lansbury singing what? it. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, she's right. done for them. Yeah, right. uh-huh. Psych. Uh, psych, yeah, no, psych. it's from the movie. It's from musical. Fun. Absolutely, it is. It's from the beautiful sea. Yes, no, that's definitely. Learn I, have Angela yeah. I'll, I can prove that. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, wrong, then. Queenie, any final yes. comments about Sweeney and Repo before we move on? I love them. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That so is much. all you need to know. That is all. <laughs> yeah. Watch the if you are a fan of this show even Watch remotely. Um or even like gothic. Find even the Angel Lansbury version. Like, mm. yeah, like go no, hunting the Angel Lansbury is fantastic. History. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's it's fantastic. And there's even some um old movies that are not musicals of Sweeney Todd to yep. look for. Yep. So uh Yeah, there definitely. is that one. And, and I will say that Repo is a good icebreaker for the younger audience because it has such an industrial breakbeat type score going on underneath Agreed. all the lyrics. So if you want a good icebreaker and your kid's a little on the gothy side, try Repo. Oh, yeah. Maybe you can get them right to Oklahoma through Repo the Dinner at Gopra. We'll have to see. Uh, so. <laughs> Everything's a bridge. All right. Everything's a bridge. Everything's a, that's right. That's right. So, Erin Marie, you are first. We are going to start I with your... Am- Number five. Top five. Go ahead. Uh, my Top my five. number five is actually one of my tiebreaker my ties. <laughs> my in my fifth place, I really I couldn't decide. I couldn't figure out how to put things because I love so many of them so much. So number five is Rocky Horror in Oklahoma because I couldn't choose. <laughs> <laughs> So weird oh, to have oh, that yeah. combo is together. <laughs> but <laughs> that is like I—it's uh, like the opposite ends of the spectrum, but it kind of balances right? that way. 
why those two? So honestly, it's just because the other ones I love so much more. They're in the top four. <laughs> I, I I didn't want to add either one of them as a six because neither one of them are a six to me. Not at all. I mean, for Rocky Horror, I mean, I was completely obsessed with that in high school. I rented it almost every weekend. I watched it all the time. When you're the oddball out, that movie mm-hmm. just really speaks to you. And Oklahoma, I have just always been in love with it. It's one of the first musicals I saw after, you know, a couple of others that are on my list and solidified my love musical, period. Plus, Gordon McRae, oh, my God, his voice just kills me every time. Uh, yeah. Oklahoma is one of that the worst musicals I ever heard, actually. <laughs> hmm. hmm, where's that coming from? <laughs> I, I, it makes my heart want to cry. I love his voice. Yeah. And Oklahoma's if I'm not mistaken, the first American musical to move the musical format forward where people actually, where people express what they're feeling that moves the action on. It's not just, hey, this is how I am in this moment. Things actually well, transpire through the not music. Not that, but it was, it was the first musical to feature a male singing first. That's correct. A really? man is the first person to sing yep. in the movie. Wow, that's yep. very uh, Up to this point, all musicals opened with a vaudeville act, usually with some kind of sexy girls in underwear or can-can outfits um, huh. that do the intro. Um, at this point, they brought it in, and here we are. There's a priority on mm-hmm. the middle, and everyone, and it changed musical, music, movie music. It changed musicals, period. Oh, wow. uh, yeah. Now, whether you like it or not, uh, some people don't like it. They find it corny. And I will tell you, they're not all versions of Oklahoma are created equal. Uh, oh, the definitely. movie version is very good. <laughs> very, very good. I, I love the movie Every version. Every high school production, uh, usually not so good. No. And I really, I hate <laughs> to say I detest, not just dislike, detest the version with Hugh Jackman. I think it's absolutely <gasps> really? dreadful. Oh, my mm. God. It is awful. And it's not his fault. I have I seen scenes from it. Singers. Oh, it's the the, ad, the the arrangements are weird. The sets are boring. Uh, well, you know, it's just a the problem deal. with the direction. Uh, costuming was lackluster. I mean, I could go into why I really hated that version. And I thought he was just not cast well as Jed. Jed, Jed should be like, you know, gruff, terrifying fucked up person, and Hugh Jackman is not any of those things. No, he isn't well, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't playing. He wasn't playing Judd either. He, he's curly. Yeah. He, he, he was curly. Either way, yeah. That's because how much I hate. I don't even remember how, who he played. <laughs> no, so, the best part about that is because when he auditioned for X Men, uh, he had the perm that he had for Oklahoma to play Curly. Oh man! And so he auditioned for Wolverine with like this giant perm and had to explain what, like. Why his hair was uh, like that? That's God. hysterical. <laughs> oh my God. That's awesome. Um, Oklahoma has one of my favorite dance numbers of all time. 
So uh, the the cowgirl yeah. and the uh, and the farmer and the cowman oh, should be friends. The farmer should be, mm-hmm. yep. be friends. And, and I'm just a girl that can't say no. So that's I'm I'm Ado Annie. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know how I actually saw sang that song on stage, and I have a story. You want to hear my story? It's a yes, story, I promise. Sure. Okay. All right, so I'm in a review of musicals in college. It's pretty terrible. I have, we opened with Pippin's Magic to Do. We got magic to do. Of course you did. That's for you, right? We got the musical. Yeah, exactly. So I had an immediate, I had the next song out. I had the first song, next song out after the opening chorus number. So I had to change into the dress with the bloomers and, you know, everything and with the parasol and about literally one of those light changes. Aaron Kogan, you know what I'm talking about, light changes. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. I didn't didn't have two dressers. I had to do it opening night myself. So I quickly changed, and as I walked out, I looked fine. My bloomer fell. (laughs) (laughs) My bloomer leg fell. Right, and then my shoulder came off on my. There's a picture of oh. it too, and the sh- and the sh- my my zipper didn't quite like get all the way up, so my shoulder. So I look like I've been in the hay. My hair's a little messy, <laughs> and the shoulders are off, and the bloomers down, and I'm singing. Well, that's they kind know. of appropriate. Oh, <laughs> that's kind of appropriate for that song, though. Yeah, no, uh, it's pretty terrible. <laughs> anyway, that's my story. Yeah, Oklahoma. <laughs> so. I will have to say, I want to put this out also, is that there is some things that can turn off a younger audience to some of these older movies. In Oklahoma, not so much, but there's some others that are way worse. And Emily and I were talking about this earlier. That mm-hmm. There seems to be a lot of male chauvinism underlying a lot of these older movies. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, and especially the endings. A lot of these endings are like, what? Yeah. Uh, I, Sweet Charity is a good example. Kiss Me Kate, which gun. I love, is a good example. And get it your gun. Oh, my God. Yeah. Anything you can do, I can do better. I do a You know, I told you you can see Repo has a great ending. Don't sing together. Repo has got a great I love ending. Repo's it's not ending. chauvinist at all. Yeah. I, I, it, you can have chauvinist gets characters to walk away. not be a chauvinist. Like, right, right. Yeah, it's a yeah. lot of those. Yeah. 40s, 50s era where like, her toxic father dies the the king of yeah. the empire dies like everybody fucking dies but Shiloh she walks away and she's like I still have hope you know there, there's yeah. a future for well, me and, and I can Paris maybe Hilton's fucking get over it you know Paris Hilton's character does redeem herself at the end she gets the company and she turns That's it for true. better you know Very so up. there's that you know, yeah. So you know, there is a you know future is female. Some 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 of my choices are going to have chauvinistic undertones, which I for, which if you do Broadway show, if you do ver, stage versions, they usually fix it. Like when I did Sweet Charity, we changed the ending because the ending, the original ending of Sweet Charity, is so depressing and horrible yeah. that we're like, you can't just like it. Literally ends with her sitting on a park bench, just kind of going. What the fuck happened? You know, right. and because, how, and you know, purely because she had a sexual know. past and that you know turned her fiance with, off. Even though he liked it when she was with him, <clears throat> yep. you know what I'm saying in the elevator. Uh, anyway, 
uh, we turned it to an elevator. In the movie, it's actually one of those parachute things uh, <laughs> from the back in the day. Uh, so, but anyway, so we're get. Uh, but I, I, we'll get into that more later. But I did want to point that out. Oklahoma tends to have some of those tones, but I don't think Oklahoma is as sexist as some of the others. Even with uh, the can't say no character, you know, and, and it's not as bad, but it can be. But we'll get back to that yeah. later. Uh, anything else you want to say, Erin Marie, about Oklahoma? We got to move on. We got a lot more to talk about. Nope, I'm good. We got a lot. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Emily. Emily. Okay. So I, I'm going to do, this is an easy one, because as my number five, I'm going to do the one that is, without question, the worst actual musical on my list. Huh. And, like, in general, it's one of the worst musicals ever, but I love it, and not enough people know about it, so I am going with 1985 Rappin'. R-A-P-I-N. Rappin'! Oh, my God! Oh, I love you so much, Emily. Go ahead. This movie is just pure joy. It's pure joy. It, so Mary <laughs> one people stars as, and he gets out of prison. He's like, but he's like a good guy who went to prison but comes out. And he's like, they call him Rappin' Hood because he raps for the rich to give to the poor or something. I don't know. Um, but the whole thing is like this little community and all like the evil white developers are going to take over the community. So him and his band of very rappers, including a young Eric LaSalle who raps in the movie. Uh, they they basically save the town through rapping and the final scene and like you get a bunch like a couple of different performances some of which are, are pretty good um ice tea has an appearance at one point uh and the movie ends with the greatest most um celebratory group rap scene you have ever seen in your life and it is not a good movie but it's so joyous and um, adorable in what it's because basically it, it took break in and then said okay we're going to do break in but with rapping instead of with break in <laughs> and that's what they do and they don't do it well but they do it so earnestly that it's just it makes me so happy is there an electric boogaloo anywhere I, I, I almost not, put the electric boogaloo one. <laughs> uh, no, one no, sequel. no not yet give it time not yet uh uh-uh. uh I, I almost had Electric Boogaloo on my list. It just oh, yeah. missed the cut. I, I have this really soft spot for Electric Boogaloo. I'm with so. you on that. Yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so rapping. Oh, my God. I, I didn't have yeah. anything queued up for rapping. Uh, but, you know, there was a lot of those those songs, those kind of, like, music, movie musicals in the 80s that were out. You had rapping and you had... Well, what was the one with DC? What did we it? have the poster of, Paul? DC Cap. Good to go. Oh, good to go. Thank oh, you. Oh, oh, what's uh, that? No, there's go. a Run DMC movie. Um, oh, geez. The, I, it's funny because I the got Run that. DMC movie. Run DMC movie. It's what is it called? Tougher than leather. Tougher than leather. Oh, that's right. Tougher than leather. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. DC boys are in it. Which is also the title um, of their album. Yeah, it's my friends and I used to watch that and rapping together. Like we'd get together sometimes and we'd watch those two movies. Um, <laughs> and like tougher than leather, the thing is like it's real musical groups in it, so it's like actually some of the music is actually good. Whereas rapping, it's Mario Van Peebles, who is a beautiful man, who is the camp of love, and he has a great smile, and um, he's very charismatic, but he does not know how to rap. So, and he is the star and supposed to be like the lead rapper in this movie. So it's just everything about it's awkward and it's supposed to be like kind of badass, but it's so not. And it just makes it adorable. So I urge everybody to stop everything you're doing and find rapping from 1985. It's directed by Arthur White. <laughs> I, like, it's just glorious all around. Is it on Netflix? I, I think Arthur, 
Is it on? I have no idea if it's on Netflix or know. not. But definitely buy it. I honestly want to track it down. Though. Yeah. I really do. I I don't yeah. think it's streaming anywhere, but you can get the disc for like five bucks somewhere, and it is well worth it. You can also oh, like do some of the some of the actual like musical numbers, and you'll get a taste of it, including <laughs> the song Snack Attack, which is the, what the fat guy thinks <laughs> likes to eat. <laughs> and Eric LaSalle oh thinks that one too. So you know. Oh my God! Oh, Eric Lasalle. Eric Lasalle is in a lot of really weird things at the beginning of his career. He's also in Coming to America right after oh, that, yeah. which oh, is yeah. also a musical. In yeah. some, you know, uh, you know, yeah, there's a fun. lot of like hit, a lot of secret musicals in the '80s and '90s. It, 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 Very they true. They were good. musicals, yeah, but they but they had production numbers, and definitely there's yep. like choreographers in Coming to America. Sure. They saw Abdul, you know. Oh so, yeah, and, yeah. You know, it was. You know, rapping definitely has a lot of dance numbers in it. Uh, so, uh, oh my God. So, okay. So, rapping number five, Emily. That's fantastic. So, we're gonna bring this back to Queenie. Queenie, what's your number five? My number five is a tie. I have Chicago and Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, uh, I'm a big kid. <laughs> the one's like my adult musical, and the other one's my child musical. <laughs> Nice. So explain. Go ahead. Why do you like Chicago? Because we know why you like Nightmare Before Christmas. We've talked about that before <laughs> a lot. Right. Yep. <laughs> well, Chicago has some great music. It has some beautiful deadly women, which I love. <laughs> There's like this really sad song that always gets me from the um, one character. Oh, what's his name? Mr. Like, Cellophane. Mr. Cellophane. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I want to do, like, a drag thing at some point as Mr. Sullivan yeah. and then, like, strip, <laughs> you know, like yeah. a burlesque show. <laughs> I'll be genius. Yeah, game for that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and I do love 1920s, 1930s kind of uh, stuff. Like, I have a thing for, like, Penny Dreffles, as I said, and uh, gumshoes. I love gumshoes. So, like, you know, Chicago's got all that, right? Yeah. Oh, no, I, I, I got... Chicago, I got to see it on Broadway. I was on, and when it, oh. they just that last big revival they had a few years back, uh, it was still running. Emily still running on Broadway. It, I think it is, it, and it, that version it's still there, is so yeah. freaking good. Uh, and I will say that the movie is an excellent adaptation. That I've seen both. I love the movie. It. Yeah. Hits, yeah, I love hits it. Hits the notes. Hits the notes perfectly, and I, I, you know it does just enough pushes the verisimilitude to the abstract, but then brings it back to realism to remind you this is supposed to be really happening. And I, I actually mm-hmm. really dig that. So, yeah. Rob it's Marshall, really grounded in reality. He doesn't do anything you know, else. For a musical. <laughs> did Rob Marshall direct Burlesque, too? No, no, mm. he did not. Um, burlesque was directed no. by somebody else. Because um, they ripped that believe- off a lot. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, but burlesque is allowed to do whatever it wants to do because it is perfection. <laughs> That's true. I, I love burlesque. That we'll... <laughs> I will... okay. we'll get back to burlesque in a minute. I got distracted. Chicago. Let's go back to <laughs> Chicago. The Renee Zellweger and, and Catherine Zeta-Jones, both up for Oscars. Zeta wins, right? Zeta yep. wins right. for supporting actress. They were fantastic. Martin, he hosted... He hosted the Oscars that year, and, you know, people were kind of pissing on Chicago for being nominated for a musical because it was the first one in years that was going to win probably. And he goes, 
Yeah, everyone's talking about how a musical got on the list. You know how it happened? Somebody made a really good movie that everybody but everybody really wanted to see. <laughs> That's right. We to see it. So, you know, so Chicago. Damn right. Awesome. And yeah, so I and well, and your B was Nightmare Before Christmas. Now we've talked about Nightmare Before Christmas for years, and if you know, but what's the one song is your favorite song of all the songs in that Nightmare musical? Before Christmas? Huh. Um, mm-hmm. There's something deep inside of these bones, a longing that I've never known. That song. was beautiful. Nice. Yay! I love it. Well done. Thank you. You know that 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 sequence took like a week to do with the curl and yeah. walking down. Oh my god! You know, so really yeah, so much, yeah. so much, so much detail in that movie. Five yeah, seconds I... a day, everybody. <laughs> Five seconds a day. Just remember that yeah. when you have to think about your tedious job. Just remember, someone was shooting a movie once upon a time. Five seconds a day. So, you know, a good mantra. Kind of blows, blows my mind, actually. Uh, all right, Aaron Kogan, I know you've been chomping at the bit. Go for it. <laughs> well, my number. Okay, first off, like Emily, I kind of did the same thing. I, I, I put on films that I, I don't think are necessarily that great, but I just freaking love. So I took over 50 films and I cobbled together out of that list my 10 favorite musicals out of that. And at number five, I have the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, it's hot! Not only genius as as a movie, uh, the musical, if you get the chance to see it, uh, is also awesome in and of its own right, and it's different, and they're both just amazing on so many levels and groundbreaking. And I I, I mean, if it just had Tim Curry as Dr. Frank Enferter, it would be fucking amazing. It would be something uh, to make note of for the best films of the decade, but it's got so much more than that. Uh, The music's uh, out of this world. Um, Mm -hmm. So many great little performances, uh, just little throwaway things that are awesome in it. And it's one of those films that if it's on, I'm watching it. The TV's staying where, you know, as I'm flipping channels, yeah, here's where we're staying. Well, hey, guess what, Aaron Kogan? Because Aaron Have Marie also had it at, at number five, you get to pull something else from your list and talk about it right now. Ooh. Well, um, then I'll go with my number six, the Blues Brothers. <gasps> right. Good choice. Hey, good Excellent choice. choice. The John Blues Landon. Brothers. Go for it. Yeah. And and can we just for a moment remark how amazing John Landis is in that everything he does, he pretty much knocks out of the effing park. Uh, I mean, he, he does a musical. It's the best musical of the decade. Yeah. He, he does a comedy, and he starts a whole genre of Animal House. Uh, he does American what, World what in London. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, and uh, I would argue the best horror film ever done. Uh, Blues Brothers works on so many levels. Uh, it's great as a comedy. It's great as a little, a, a little piece of uh, uh, R&B and, oh, yeah. and blue, uh, just in amber for the time period. Uh, so many great performances. 
Uh, Cab Calloway uh, doing Minnie the Moocher is phenomenal. So Lisa good. Franklin doing Respect <sighs> in the Diner is out of this world. But, um, uh, but was it Bo How about Diddley? John um, Lee Hooker just playing on yeah, the John Lee Hooker. street? Oh, 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 oh. oh my yeah, God. That. So, yeah. Woo. yeah. You know. So, yeah. Harry that, that's, Fisher that's has my, a. Oh, my favorite cameo. Carrie Fisher is amazing in that. Yeah. And the oh penguin. I love all the bits with the nun. Those are fucking hysterical. Uh, <laughs> and, the, the, and to think that it all came out of a sketch they did on Saturday Night Live. You know, just yep. they wanted to goof around and do blues on stage. And I think it's phenomenal. It's That's my number six. It, it still has the record for the most cars destroyed in a car chase. Uh, <laughs> somebody on. tried to. Someone tried to beat it recently. I forget, like, maybe, like, John Wick or something like that. Like, one of those kind of movies mm. tried to beat it and couldn't do yeah. it. Missed it by one car or something like that. <laughs> Damn. So, no. You know, this, yeah. For the longest so, time, uh, it was the biggest box office in Australia. Don't ask me why, but it held the record forever and ever. It's also Dan Aykroyd's first screenplay, and you can listen to him talk about, like, how he never knew how to write a screenplay before. <laughs> and he turned in uh, a, 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 literally a telephone book size screenplay for the rough draft, <laughs> and he put it in a telephone uh, cover and turned it in. That's hilarious. <laughs> he did not write a screenplay. Yeah. Can you imagine, because, you know, a, a shooting script for Hollywood is about a page a minute. Can you imagine when the producers saw that for the first time, how many <laughs> minutes went through his head? <laughs> you know, because, you know, the first thing they do, they don't even read the script. They just flip the pages, right? Yeah. To get a so count. He's, he's probably thinking, four hours, five hours, six hours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... Uh, I love that movie, too. I mean, there's nothing yeah. not to love about the Blues Brothers. We have two cons, both cons of music here, country and western. <laughs> oh, my and, God. So and good. And it also has the best line ever, I fucking hate Illinois Nazis. Oh. <laughs> uh, in, I refer in, to that in line Trump's America, I don't think I go a week without using that line. <laughs> yeah. uh, I still do. Fucking, yeah. <laughs> you know. You know, oh my God! So yeah, so Bruce Brothers is fantastic. Uh, anything else we want to say before we move on? Does anybody else want to follow up on Blues Brothers? No, I love it. Yeah. Uh, I'm so glad you picked it because I kind of forgot about it because I, it, it is a musical, but it's one of those like it doesn't go on lists of musicals. So well done, well done. Um, oh, I thought you. the same thing. There, uh, there was one on my list that I completely forgot about until I was reading through the entire list of Wikipedia's. Movie, uh, <laughs> musicals, and films. Like I went through that entire list, and until I got to it, I was like, "How the fuck did I miss that? That was a musical." I am so mm. stupid. Yep. Uh, you know, we always miss something, right? It's like when we were doing our list, and I I posted my rough, my rough draft, and then and then Aaron Cogan's like, "You you forgot? Nobody's mentioned my favorite, 1776." And I'm like, "Oh my god, I forgot." <laughs> No matter what, yeah. You know? And and so on uh, number five, my number five is a tie with 1776, Aaron Cogan. Thank you for reminding nice. me because the, <laughs> the Egg is probably like one of my all-time favorite songs. Like I think The oh, Egg yeah. is the the absolute best song. Like I'm a history geek. I'm an archivist tech. 
and like of course Hamilton speaks to me, right? But mm-hmm. 1776 was first, and and still even with its flaws, probably the closest cl- we're ever going to get to an accurate telling of the Declaration of Independence, <laughs> <laughs> with even with all of its problems, you know. Yeah. Uh, but they you know but they use actual letters and text Nothing to write to the screenplay and transcripts. I'm really uh, congratulated. And all those things for making a makes it. Oh, of course. The Declaration of Independence had a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece, I, I say. <laughs> they will cheer every word, every letter. I wish I felt that way. I believe I can put it better. Now then. I mean, who would have thought? Ben Franklin and John Adams and Thomas Jefferson dancing around and singing would work on stage. But it does. But it's not oh, actually the songs, even though the songs are great. Like, He Plays the Violin is one of my favorite songs of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but, but the in-between sections are straight-up old-school debates about democracy, yep. government, slavery, uh, and, and, and what made us in America and how, and none of these people, and what I love about it is none of these people are pure. These are all no. braggarts, drunkards, they fuck whores, they get syphilis. <laughs> they, you know, they do all this stuff happens in this musical. People get angry in the middle of Congress, start beating each other with sticks. Uh, you know, uh, and that really If only our way. Congress actually sang when they did that. Think of how much more fun government would be. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to see Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer grab some sticks and then Do go after that? Paul yeah. Ryan and McDonald? And just like, oh, God, argue, yes. And, and like, we, we don't have to use, like, wooden sticks. We could use, because it's modern, and we're modern, and, and we, we should treat each other with civility. We could use those uh, psychological, bad, what are those? Those brown foam ones you beat on each other with your husband when you're in psychotherapy. Chainsaws. We can use those. Yep. Yeah, yeah, we'll use those instead. Or those. But that would be like, I think that would like solve our problems. They just get get their you know, like beat on each other until one side decides the other side has uh-huh. had enough. Like walruses <laughs> mating or something. You know, it'll help. But anyway, but I love 1776. Uh, it's absolutely really, it, it works all the way through. And, and uh, the movie is really good. I used to watch it every year with my mother when it came out. Because they always somewhere on cable or on UHF channels in those days. Someone was playing yeah. it for 4th of July. <laughs> you know, yep. so, uh, you know, uh, so I, uh, I watched. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that and Josh. Now, the other one like that that we'd always stop and watch as a family is my tie. That's why I put them together because um, they're, they're a, a year apart. So for me, they almost feel like they're the same movie. Uh, and it might sound weird because one's full of Jews. But uh, <laughs> my favorite, my other favorite musical from that era was that number five is Fiddler on the Roof. I oh. love Fiddler on the Roof. Uh, Fiddler on the Roof. With especially the movie starring Till Paul, who of course is also the professor in one of my other favorite movies of all time, Flash Gordon. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, you know, I absolutely, absolutely adore Fiddler on the Roof. It is one of the most fun, complete musicals. And once again, it's a historical drama, so they kind of work together. The A and B, if you get what I'm saying, one's about yeah. one revolution, and the other's yeah. about the Russian Revolution. 
so I, I, I just, there's just, I don't know why people don't watch. I, Settler on the Roof is like, like people are forgetting it. Um, the farther away they get from the 70s. But I really hope people and the go back film and find is it. so good, too. The film is... It is. I love the yeah. way that film is filmed. Like, just that it's so open and it just feels like this is filmed in a village that is endless. Like, there is something about the look... Because I think so many musicals, um, both of that era and now, are very... Uh, artificial as far as like, okay, this is all done in a soundstage and it feels like it. And that film just feels like they they found some land in Russia and they just threw everybody there and they filmed a three-hour musical. And it just there's something really nice about that. But that's the secret of making a music movie musical. Don't shoot your musicals like their musicals, unless it's something like Kiss Me Kate, which is a musical in a right, musical. Right. You want to yeah. shoot it cinematically. You want to shoot, like, that's yeah. why Chicago works. Chicago goes for a real, it goes, it has, for some reason, is one of the few that can go between the two types of worlds at the same time, but make it real. I think Les Mis, Rob, the new one, actually did that pretty well in its setting. I thought mm-hmm. you, you felt like you were in Paris. Now, the, right. the cinematography made me want to, like, like run away because I felt like Hugh Jackman wanted to swallow me whole every time he was saying. <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it, oh my God, it, you know. But then again, Eddie Rainman uh, totally blew me away as Marius, a character so I usually yeah. hate. So you know, yep, there's that same. too. Um, the filler on the roof is an overall complete piece. And also, Queenie, if you've never seen it, there is this ghost section. Watch the ghost yeah. section, even if you don't watch there the is? whole musical. Ooh. It's it's. It's so good. Like, it's way ahead of its time. <laughs> totally, totally goth, totally cool. And it's, you know, Sounds it's got dibbics and ghosts and it's you know, muzzle <laughs> stuff, yep. muzzle All the things I love. I love it. <laughs> yeah, no. It, <laughs> it, um, once again, we, one of the few musicals that uses gender politics and actually, like, turns it on its ear, which I really mm-hmm. appreciate because, totally. uh, uh, you know, especially because the uh, – it starts out about tradition and literally uh, this guy has to learn to rethink the way that the world works. And on top of it, a revolution is happening around him and how to do just to it. And, and it, there's, there's a lot of heavy things happening. It doesn't have a happy ending. Uh, neither one of these movies actually have a happy ending. Even the revolutionary one, uh, 1776, it has an open ending because, you know, at the time they did it, they didn't know if any of them were going to live the following year. They, they thought they were all going to die. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's, I really like dramas as musicals more than the, the comedies, ultimately. So that's why these two are together. Uh, before I move on, I do want to say, I, have, I told you guys, I actually have cut some sh- uh, move, musicals on the list that aren't going to show up. Uh, they might show up on your list, and that's great, because then we can talk about them. But I do want to say I actually made some strict rules for me, even stricter than yours. <laughs> Um, mm. uh, first of all, I cut the lure from last year and once off the list because mm. I love both those musicals, but I'm not sure where they fall in my heart yet because they're too new. Um, you know, once is it once is amazing. Uh, the lure so I good. absolutely adore, but not everybody like has likes it as much as I did. Um, I also cut some musicals that do not have that are lacking in songs. Like if there's not 75% original material, I tend not to count it. So even though these are two of my favorite, they didn't make it. Uh, Singing in the Rain is not going to be on my list. Or is Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? 
which I mm. wanted to give a huge shout out to because oh, I, I think love that's that really one cool as well. Yeah, um, but they yeah, don't have yeah, original yeah, songs. And then all of these movies get cut because I don't like the adaptations. Okay, um, the producers, Camelot, West Side Story, yes, West Side Story, Les Mis, with the Wiz, and Rocky Horror Picture Show. I actually don't like the movies themselves. Now, a lot of people go, what? You don't like Rocky Horror? Rocky Horror is too personal for me. Uh, I, you know, my husband, our first date was lingerie night at Rocky Horror Picture Show. (laughs) I cannot, I cannot separate my past with that film. I can't see it objectively. Um, Even though I've gone to see the Broadway musical when it revived a few years back and with uh, Luke Perry, uh, was it yeah, was it Luke Perry? Luke Perry, nine oh two and oh. Oh my God, he was hot. It was awesome, and Dick Cavett played the narrator, and that was just not the night I was out. there, but yes. Nice. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, it was awesome. Uh, so I, I can't. That's why I couldn't put it on the list. Does that make any sense? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, uh, that saying that. Uh, let's go move on to Erin Marie and let's read your number four. Okay, my number four was um, actually my top five period was really hard for me to do. And I rearranged it like three or four times before I could decide on on where things were to be placed. Because the next one is such a special place in my heart that it really belongs at number one. But on a musical list, not so much. And that's mm. the Muppet movie. Very nice. Oh, Muppet Love the Muppet Yay. movie. My mom says, like, whenever she talks about me when I was a kid or anything Muppet related, she says, I could set her in front of the TV for a half hour on Friday and know that she would not move. And that was my only time that week. And it was the same thing. I went to the theater when I was like three years old to see the Muppet movie. <laughs> Uh yeah no Muppets Muppets forever. Right on. You know you you asked one. me to play Moving Light Along. Oh, will you? But I, I changed. No no no. Can you picture that? Because I'm not okay, a fan of the that. Song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I put this one on instead for because I needed it under. I actually couldn't oh, find one that would rip properly, unreal. but. The Muppet movie oh. makes my fifth is number fifteen, and you know it's tied with the Labyrinth. So I'm sure someone has Labyrinth on the list. We'll talk about that. But Maybe. go ahead. So Muppet movie, is, it is a musical, and Paul Williams wrote yeah. the songs. He said it was his best yeah. work. And um, on on yeah. my list also on my list also, but did not make my top ten was another Paul Williams musical, which was Phantom of the Paradise. Yep. Yeah, that's in my top ah. ten as well. Yes, yeah. high five. Yeah. <laughs> I love I'm very proud of you for putting it there. <laughs> Phantom of the Paradise I've is so fun. I've only seen that film once. I've only seen it once, actually. So good. It's so, so fun. Good. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. but I just yeah. was introduced to it a few years ago, and I cannot put it above others that I have loved for 30 or more years. <laughs> fair, yeah. fair, fair. That that's why I have the lore and once off the list because that's where I'm you know I I wanted to I kind of put for the old school list this would have been the teenager me most of this list. exactly you know what I'm saying <laughs> and, so, and that's what a um, lot of mine is a lot of mine is the nostalgia I mean if it's in my top five yeah. it's there because it it was what curated my love for musicals it's what mm. began it all I also have sung some of these parts 
that are in my top five. I will tell you a few of them and some of them I won't. One of them is the only lead I can sing, but we haven't gotten there yet. Uh, so, uh, all right, Emily. We, Rapid okay. was a pleasant surprise. So what's your number four? Oh, God. Now now I'm, like, wanting to rearrange everything because, like, everybody's making fun like, <laughs> of all ones that are more that, like, I grew up with or ones that this and this. So I'm, like, I kind of want to change my number four, but I'm going to I'm gonna stick to it because – so here's the thing. This is a movie that I think for most people is one of their entry points to musicals, but for some reason I didn't see it until a couple of years ago and my husband showed it to me. I don't know how mm-hmm. I went, like, 30-plus years without seeing Singing in the Rain. But oh. – See, and that's my number six. It just edged out of top five. I think because I grew up with, like, liking newer musicals and wanting, like, darker, grittier musicals that I kind of, I didn't always embrace the musicals from the 40s and 50s as much. So it was like a late blooming rap back. And then after I saw Singing in the Rain, it was basically like, oh, my God, I want to see everything Gene Kelly has ever done, and I want to pause it. I was the same way. Turns to the camera, and I see his butt. Uh, so, and I know um, you did make a good point about Sing of the Rain is not necessarily original music, but the way it is presented is, uh, you know, I think revolutionary as far as some of the dancing. Um, and it's so delightful. And even aside from the, um, the movie itself is such a delight, but all, I think all the musical sequences are just wonderful in different ways. And some are funny and some are romantic and all of them have this dancing that makes your jaw drop, and it's just glorious. And I regret the many years I went without seeing it. And and Debbie Reynolds, Debbie Reynolds oh. is oh, just I I I, w- I just when she died like with Carrie Fisher last year, I I always it shot me straight to yeah. Sunny yep. in the Rain and Good Morning, Good Morning, which I think mm-hmm. is oh, yeah. the second most perfect musical sequence of all time. There's one other, and it's in the same movie, Singing in the Rain. Mm-hmm. Uh, make yeah, them laugh. Make them laugh. Oh, yeah. Make them laugh, which is, I have told my husband, when I die, that's my eulogy. Just play Make Them Laugh. Yep. That's it. That's all I need. You know? Yeah, I'm that's what you. the world's I'm about. Uh, so, it's, it's brilliant. Oh my God. So, it's pure brilliance. So you just started watching. I, I actually only discovered it a few, uh, like, like in my twenties. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't actually see it till I was much older as well. I, there was yeah. there was a Broadway version uh, that came through town, and I saw the water sequence, but that was it. Okay. Yep. So yeah, and so I mean, why, why I think did, the thing that surprises everyone about it when you sit down and watch it is just how, which is I think true also about another one of my favorite, one of my favorite movies of all time that I didn't put on my list because it's one of my favorite movies and it has great songs, but I don't know that I like it. I don't think of it as a musical at, at first glance. And that's Wizard of Oz. Um, but that both of those movies, I think what's great about them is how funny they are and how clever and how much they hold up just, you know, in terms of the dialogue and everything else. Um, well, the yeah, satire is really strong and singing in the rain. Yeah. Like whoever, oh, so the screenplay nailed Hollywood. Like yeah. it's an early, it's I've always been kind of, I was kind of, like surprise like that's actually one of my favorite yeah. time periods of history the transition from talkie right right uh, from yeah, silent film and what happens in that movie is kind of a, a, a fictionalized capsule of what really happened to a lot of stars and so yeah, very it's just, much. Like, there's so much going yeah. on and singing in the rain do you rem- and, and do you remember a few years ago that silent film the artist that won 
uh, yeah. a bunch of Oscars. Yeah. I, yeah I, I, when I watched that movie, I was like, okay, that's Singing in the Rain if he chose not to, to, to transition into the talkie. <laughs> yeah. If he chose to make it <laughs> That's like the depressed, suicidal version of Singing in the Rain. <laughs> it kind of is, isn't it? So, yeah, no, Singing in the Rain. Uh, I have this awesome DVD of Singing in the Rain, and the B-side is what makes it awesome. Is it's, a, it's actually a compilation of all the clips from movies that they used in of the songs they used in Singing in the Rain. So there's clips from Broadway Baby and uh, Judy Garland singing Good Morning, Good mm-hmm. Morning, and all these wonderful stuff. Oh, neat. So, it, it, yeah, it's a special edition, and I, I wouldn't even upgrade to Blu-ray. This, this, this DVD collection is so good. I recommend the one that came out before the Blu-ray release. So see if you can find it. It's in a white, it's an white ordinary sleeve package, nothing special. But it's an excellent DVD. I highly recommend. Like, like I said, Singing in the Rain doesn't make it because it has songs from other musicals, but it doesn't mean I don't love it. Yeah. yeah, that's my own rule. These are my own rules. Yeah, no, I, I, I do have yeah, yeah. my rules. You know, I, I, I went to see the Fosse musical on, on Broadway Live, and that, you know, that's but it's about Fosse review. So, you know, you know, you can make exceptions. And I saw Mamma Mia live, and I went to see it twice in the theater. So even though it's Mamma Mia, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, so I break my own rules. Anyway. I put Lucy Revolves in my top ten, even though I don't think the music is especially strong. But no, it, I have it yeah, in top I ten as well. It's, it's number ten on my list. Go ahead, yeah, Aaron. It's a very, what? Oh, I was going to say. What's your number ten? Go. Wizard of Oz. Oh, I was saying, we were agreeing with oh, you. Wizard of Oz. Yeah, Wizard of Oz is yeah. in our top tens. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Over the uh, Rainbow is one of my favorite moments of anything ever. Uh, and I mean, again, some of the songs are great. It just what I think what makes Wizard of Oz great isn't necessarily the fact that it's a musical. I think it's everything, it, and the music is a bonus. Yeah. Uh, I, the music. I was in that musical. I was on the. I was one of the Lullaby League uh, ah. on stage when I was in when I was in seventh grade. So I, <laughs> I am very close to this musical as well. Uh, I interesting about. I, Emily, I listened to your, which I love, by the way, my favorite episode you've done in a while was that 20 favorite moments in movies thing moments, you did. Yeah. And you both had Wizard of Oz on it, and you talked about the moment where it goes from black and white to color. And yeah. I was thinking, oh, but those aren't my favorite moments, but there's so many great moments in Wizard of Oz. So it's many. hard to pick. Oh, yeah. And, and yep. I, I, I have a several, and I wanted to tell you about them really quick. Um, I love the moment where they're singing uh, uh, Land of Oz and they go by the bird nest and the munchkins mm-hmm. that are in the eggs are like hatching. <laughs> okay, are hatching, yes, okay. Uh, the moment the shoes disappear, uh, disappear oh, off the, the wicked feet, feet oh, and, the, yeah. and the and the and the out of the kids so much. Yep. Scared the fuck out of me as a kid. Oh, yeah. I, it still does to this day. Loved it. I'm and then it. last but surrender Dorothy, of course. Uh, who yep. doesn't love that? And my favorite, though, is the moment where she's crying in the Wicked West uh, uh, throne room, and she's sitting next to the friggin' yeah. globe, and she's talking yep. to Aunt Emily, and then she goes, Annie Ann, Annie Ann, I'll get you, my little Annie Ann. Ah! It's like, oh, my God. I still think about that. That is my first dance. memory of crying when watching a movie. Because when she's crying, I was like, poor Dorothy. Like, that is my first memory. I was watching it when I was really, uh, really little. And that scene, I okay. remember, like, going to the bathroom and getting a tissue. And I'm like, well, this baby's making me Aww. cry. And then it never happened before. 
Oh, I wasn't my the one in my. Go ahead, Aaron Hogan. But I was, I was in just my... going to say, my Go parents ahead. took me to a Sunday matinee way, way back in the day when Wizard of Oz played once every two or three years and always at Christmas or at Easter. And nice. you couldn't see it any other time. And they took me to a Sunday matinee that was just for kids, a kitty matinee, uh, Wizard of Oz in the theater. And when that scene happened, when Auntie M morphs into the Wicked Witch and she <laughs> turns right into the camera, facing front, right, speaking right to you, every kid in that theater screamed bloody murder, and I hid under the seat. <laughs> yep, I get yeah. it. That, that's my first memory uh, of getting freaked out by something in a, in a movie. Uh, uh, they used to show Wizard of Oz every February um, in the Bay Area, once a year. And it was always this big deal with commercial, big deal commercial breaks. And it was like an event film, you know. And to this day, I can tell you exactly where all the commercial breaks are in the movie. Uh, you know, I can tell you exactly where they come in. Uh, no, the music doesn't hold up on its own per se, but I would say mm-hmm. the overall package does, and the chemistry of the leads is really what keeps this musical moving. Right, I right. mean, that there's yeah. just, I mean, and it, Ray Bolger is was a was like a gem, you know, and, and mm-hmm. you get to see his best work in this film, and it's it's wonderful. And Judy Garland at sixteen, wow, you know, yep. what else yeah. can you say, uh, you know? Uh, and, and I'm so glad that my daughters really loves this movie too. Uh, the Blu-ray well, is otherwise beautiful, you have to just by the way. So. Yeah. So wow. Well, uh, she 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 likes spooky and pink, so she's cool with that. Uh, <laughs> all good. All right, Queenie. We talked about Wizard of Oz and a bunch of other movies, and oh my God, we just like rambling. I'm <laughs> rambling on at least. What's your What's your next one? So what's next? So mm-hmm. for what's number next? four, I have another tie. And I think they work really well <laughs> together. And we're switching gears. Are you ready? We're going to oh, yeah, okay. guys, Night of the Chicken Dead and Cannibal <laughs> Musical. <laughs> Yay! Nice. But Because, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Cannibal. I'm going to be singing that so all good. week now. That song <laughs> will right? not leave your head. Sky uh, is blue. <laughs> and all the leaves well, are green. Well, I just like, yes. 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 The world is black And tears run from your eyes And maybe we'll all get really sick And maybe we'll all die So at your house. I was going to say I'd never seen it, but now I remember. Oh, no. I had already made you watch it. 
believe me, I have. So I, yeah. I got a good story for you guys, okay? Cannibal the Musical is orgasm. the first movie I introduced to Ben, all right? It's the oh, first uh, movie. Like, it, it broke his brain, and he was just like, I need more of that. I need more movies like that. <laughs> <laughs> I go, I got you, honey. I got you. Nice. Uh, but yeah, that's how I showed him my, <laughs> who I was. And your other film again? Uh, Poultry Geist, Night of the Chicken Dead. Yeah. It's made by uh, Chroma Film. That one. Oh my god, it's so awesome and crazy, and like everything happens in this film. There's lesbians, there's evil chickens that come rising from the dead. There's like just too much. There's just so much in this movie, and it has musical numbers. It's great. It has um, chicken dead orgies. Yeah, so, I mean, yep. It's, yep. <laughs> A guy ships I, himself I, to skinny. A guy ships himself to skinny, guys. <laughs> Like, <laughs> only trauma, right? Only trauma. Exactly. I wish I loved the film as much as you do. I don't like the music at all in the movie, but but I love, I love the it. I know song. it's bad. The theme I know song it's is bad. really catchy. Care. That's the only song I've heard from it. But the theme song like will also get in your head. Yep. Oh no, they, there are earworms. Don't get poultry me wrong. Poultry guys, yeah. earworms. <laughs> so, poultry guys. Yeah, they're all gonna die. <laughs> You know, when yeah, I saw Cannibal the Musical the first time, I said, that kid is going to win a Tony. And my husband went, <laughs> what? I'm like, what? He's going to win a Tony, and it's going to be a huge hit, and we're going to go see it. And I, I swear, God, this is 2000s, okay? So I'm telling you this. <laughs> I go, we are going to see his, his Broadway musical first run. And guess what? We fucking did. That it won Tony. <laughs> you know, so Paige, Trey Parker who I, oh, you know, he's my geek husband, you know, he's one of the few that I want to marry, uh, you know, uh, have you guys ever listened, and I know, Queenie, have you ever listened to the drunken commentary track that goes with Cannibal the Musical? Oh, I have not. No, no, I have not. Oh, my God. I bet it's amazing. Okay. It is the best commentary track ever. It is the first one of its kind. They start out drinking at the top of Cannibal the Musical, and they go through and they tell you about it, and they show you all the things like, oh, by the way, you can see me saying cut in this shot, all sorts of great shit, right? And you're listening to talk. Mm. And, and, and the whole – there's supposedly this whole subplot. I don't want to spoil it too much because I really want you guys to watch this commentary track. But the horse is based on his ex-girlfriend. Like, like sure. his girlfriend in the sense that <laughs> she literally left him at the altar. Okay, like that kind of, Damn. and 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 so um, so there's a, there's this whole subplot about the horse running away. That's actually about her, uh, <laughs> and, and um, so he he. Uh, <laughs> where was I going with this? Oh my god, I lost it. It does make that where whole plot a lot makes a lot more sense now. Yeah, by the end of the commentary track. He, they are so drunk, and he's just yelling her name and saying, fuck her, fuck her. And it's just like, oh, my God. It is the funniest, <laughs> funniest, funniest thing you'll ever hear. They tried to recreate it on Orgasmo, which is actually my favorite film yep. by Trey Parker. I like um, Orgasmo. But, <laughs> but the, it doesn't work as well. Something about the no. Cannibal, the musical one, because it's just generally raw and, and unpolished, and they're not quite and famous yet. And the story yet. is they're out just, there, right? Uh, you can yeah. suspend your disbelief. 
Oh my God! So but yeah. So now you are a man, many, many man. Yeah, well, that's rock. orgasmo. <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying. No, I'm no, saying no. that song rocks. Well, no, 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 no. no, 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 no. Yes. <laughs> I own the soundtrack to Orgasmo on vinyl, by the way. I made my husband nice. buy it. I you guys it. Like, yeah. I, I, we did break our rule. But, hey, at least it synced up. That was kind of nice. <laughs> uh, yep. Maybe I think it was a nice homogenization. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Perfect. So, all right. So, we got to keep moving. Aaron Hogan, you're up. Number, what are we at? We're still only at four. 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 Number four. Oh we got to keep, we got to speed this up, man. <laughs> I'll, I'll be really quick. Meredith Wilson's The Music Man, yet another film Yay. that they always show at 4th of yeah. July. Yeah. Um, you played the Beatles cover of Till There Was You, which I actually yes, sang I in a talent show, that version, Aww. the Beatles version. And yeah, uh, yeah it, I mean, it's a great musical. It's a great slice of yep. Americana. It's really witty script, very funny. But God damn, Robert Preston just rips it up. Yeah. Uh, oh, the, yeah. The oh. movie would be half of what it is without him. And it, it boggles my mind that there's like only four or five really star things with him in them. Uh, SOB, um, The Last Starfighter. Uh, I don't know what else, but, you know, I, I don't know why Hollywood didn't use him in everything at that time because he was just <laughs> amazing. And and my huge problem with the uh, – in fact, we were just talking about this, Natalie and I, the other day, with uh, the Matthew Broderick version is he's supposed to be charming and charismatic, and he can sell ice to Eskimos, and that's Robert Preston in spades, and that's so not Matthew Broderick. <laughs> okay, and I'm done now. I'm spent. Now I'm with you. I have, I have a massive product issue. So, yeah. so I saw Alec Baldwin do it, and he was awesome. Yeah, he's charismatic. Of course he was. Alec Baldwin was rocking it as the music man. I, I was totally actually happy with that. So, uh, but, you were happy uh, yeah, with Matthew, Matthew Broderick? Broderick? Mm-hmm. No, uh, no. No. Alec, Alec Baldwin. No, I don't not, no, yeah. I agree with you on the merits. I'm not yeah. happy with Matthew uh, Broderick in basically anything. I mean, I'm going to get started on him in the Bueller. 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 Ugh. Bueller. Uh, the Music Man is my favorite yeah. musical of all time. It's my number one. So I'll just get that out there right now since we right got on. it up. I, I, I love the musical. It's a travesty. There's never been a good release of it. Travesty. Yeah. There's no good. There's there's no there's no release with the right correct accent ratio of that movie. Uh, there's none with a good sound mix, and it deserves so much more love than that. Uh, You're right. And oh my God, I've I've always been really pissed about that, uh, <laughs> especially because you have Robert Preston and Buddy Hackett singing like my favorite song from a musical ever, the sadder but wiser girl for me. Absolutely, mm-hmm. one of my favorite gender politics songs of all time, and um, it, it's so good. It, there's just everything about it. All the music's beautiful. Well, not uh, everything about fun. it. There is Shaboopy. <laughs> I like Shaboopy. You can't do that. Shaboopy. Well, admitting it is, is the first step of being the help you need. Shaboopy's uh, horrible. No. The other thing we should appreciate about Music Man. Because of the Music Man, we have the monorail song from The Simpsons. Oh, that's true. Yes, we do. Yep. Yes, we yep. do. 
We have Trouble My Friend right here, and Trouble Right Here in River Mm -hmm. City is one of the most influential songs. How many times have we heard it, like, covered in other versions and other musicals and other places in pop culture, even ones that don't even know that they're referencing a musical, (laughs) you know, uh, what else? Music Command, Shirley Jones at the height of her career, Uh, you know, and awesome, and And we were mercifully cut My White Night from the movie version, and they replaced it with (laughs) Being in Love, which is rare that I agree with a switch of a movie, of a song from a movie um, to a musical to movie, but in this case, Mm -hmm. I agree. I actually really don't yep. think Why Light Night's a very good song, and it also is very rangy. I've <laughs> heard so many bad versions of that song, <laughs> including my old high school. <laughs> you know, oh, my white night. I mean, come on. You don't yeah. want to put it free? <laughs> We've all been You all put pubescent kids' cr- voices cracking and changing and give them that song. It's just, you know, no. <laughs> You know, uh, so, but anyway, the musical, though, is, is perfect. The Buffalo Bills are in it, which is, like, yeah. the coolest barbershop quartet ever. Uh, you know, uh, it's, there's just so much Absolutely. about this musical. I, I could do my own show just on what this musical. Now, yeah, there's some things that haven't aged well. Once again, you know, there's this level of chauvinism. But this one, once again, Turns the chauvinism on its ear a little mm-hmm. bit, and yep. you know, yeah. the, none of the none of the women in this in the in the music man are wilting flowers. Not a single one of them. Right. Even Ethel no. Topplemeyer is not a wilting flower. Uh, there's large girls that are in love and shown being in mm-hmm. love with. Uh, I always thought that was awesome about this musical. Um, it's snark. There's a lot of snark. A lot of snark. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> Shalali McKechnie Flynn is one of the shin. most obnoxious shins. Sorry, you're right. Uh, is one of the like coolest horrible villains. Yet she's not really a villain of all time. She's so much fun. <laughs> she's like the, one of those characters that you know when when you get too young, old to play. Uh, Shirley Jones, you can either play the Irish grandma or you can play her. And I always wanted to play <laughs> her because she gets to wear the biggest hats. So which is the most important oh, part of any Greece, show. Um... <laughs> you know, <laughs> Christian, uh, yeah. Uh, so, Music Man, it's pretty fabulous. Uh, you know, the, the 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 even the rose-colored glasses finale. You don't think I wouldn't have something from this queued up? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, the Music Man is fabulous. Uh, number four for me, though is almost as fabulous, and some people actually consider, I know pe- several people that consider it their, their favorite movie of all time. I knew, I knew a rock musician, like a metal, heavy metal, yeah, I'm really into metal, that thought <laughs> that this was his, it was just blubber and cry and cry and blubber and blubber and cry watching this film, and to this day, I still blubber and cry at the end of the film, and I like watched it two and a half times this year during Christmas season because my daughter, mm-hmm. she discovered the film and is now in love with it as well because it's friggin' High on a hill was a lonely goat, her name was Lay. Now it was the voice of the lonely goat, her 
Yes, even I can go cheese ball. I love the sound <laughs> of music. Robert Wise, the immortal director, Robert Wise, directed not one but two musicals to Best Picture. One was West Side Story, which I actually don't like as an adaptation, even though I think the moment, the, the sequence for Cool is probably the best shot musical sequence I've ever seen, period. It is perfect. But the rest of the, the movie, opening, I don't like the... Some of it is really good. The performances are strong, but the music is out of order, which bothers me. Officer Krupski should never be in Act 1. Never. Never be in Act 1. Mm. You really need it in the third act. There's a reason why it's there. Um, you know, uh, you know, And uh, there's a few other things like that, but I absolutely... Sound of Music, though, is almost... It's so much fun until the Nazis show up. Why is it the Nazis <laughs> like always like ruin the party? You can say that about right? so many things, really. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Nazis ruin all the parties. <laughs> and this is a perfect example of what happens. I mean, you have your happy, like, the nun just realizes that marriage is just as sacred as taking your vows, and she falls in love, and then he learns to love again, all that scene. And the 16-year-old decides to wait a year or two and sings a song about that, and, you know, there's all this <laughs> wonderful stuff. Then the Nazis show up while they're on their honeymoon. What the hell? You know? <laughs> and then it's all downhill from there. And to this day, I can't watch the last shot of the movie. Like, the last, this, this part here... The, the part where they're climbing over the friggin' mountain, and it's a helicopter shot, and they're all walking, and they have just friggin' escaped. I still... I can't deal with it. I just can't deal with it. I can't deal with it. I, I just can't deal with it to this day. There's something about it. Now, that's not really how they escaped. The real bound traps, literally, they got on a train, and then they took a boat to America and just stayed. That's actually how they got out. But but for dramatic effect, let's say they cry. Yeah, not nearly a cinematic. Because, yeah, <laughs> not, no, it's not. So, you know. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. Does anybody else feel as strongly about Sound of Music as I do? Because I've always, something about it all the way through. Julie Andrews is just like, I worship that woman. I mean, I it's worship different. her. Yeah. Uh, I still worship her. Uh, you know, she's, she's just like, she's been, I looked at my list and there's four movies of the 20 I wrote, or 23 I wrote down with her starring, including right Mary on. Poppins, including... Yeah, Mary Robin, Poppins is on mine. You know, yeah. Victor Victoria. Yeah. Victor Victoria is on mine, too. Yeah, absolutely. I have a confession I mean, to make. Cut. I've never seen The Sound of Music. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to see it at a live... You know, everyone dresses up and everyone uh, sings oh. along at the Hollywood Bowl thing. Oh, that would be... That, that, that's, what, that's what I want my first showing to be. That, that's appropriate. You lose, and I get it, but you lose your, uh, I'm repo-nerding your card. You're going to have to come on my other show. We're going to have to fix I, that, because that's, I uh, did, no. I did sing no. uh, You Are 16 I, I going on Queenie. in class. I, I would forgive Queenie, okay, for not seeing it, because her taste in music is a lot different than yours. But I know your taste in music, and I yeah, yeah. fully judge you. <laughs> But I, I sang You Are 16 Going on 17 in scene class. I should get half credit for that. <laughs> oh, well, I've, seen, I've sung it, too. I've worn her dress. I wore one of those friggin' dresses, like the one in Do Re Mi. I got to wear one of those, which was awesome. Nice. Uh, let's see. 
you know. So yeah, I have I, I, Sound of Music's awesome, I, and you know my favorite song is Lily Goatherd. But you know, don't ever ask me try to sing it, even though I try anyway. <laughs> Oh, but the puppets are amazing in that sequence. I mean, they they're are. just, like, incredible in the film. Uh, you know, Christopher Plummer is Christopher Plummer. I mean, come on, you know. This is Christopher Plummer when he was like, yeah, I'm young and stern, but I'm cute. You know, because uh, you know, he is really stern. Nobody's a villain in the movie except the Nazis. Even the Baroness comes <laughs> off rather positively. Yeah, yeah. Now, I want to say, you know, everyone, even though Mary Von Trapp was supposedly uh, kind of, like, mean, like had a temper, but she wasn't she, none. You know, she yeah. almost she was yeah, well, exactly. She was almost none. So you know, it makes sense. Uh, I work in National Archives, as some of you guys know, and actually, I got I know where the Von Trepp records are in the State Department. I actually got to pull those a couple of times. So there's quite a bit about the Von Trapps and their escape, Ooh. which is kind of neat to be, work with. So cool. Uh, sound of music. So there's a personal connection there as well. Uh, Erin Marie, number three. Yeah. And I think our number three is the same film. <clears throat> Oliver? Yes. Yeah, that's my number three. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. It's right in the I middle knew there. our number three was the same. It's the, I knew it. You're Go right. Go for it. Oliver. Once again, uh, Oliver Oliver is one of the very okay. I have two musicals other than the Muppet movie, which I didn't even consider it as a musical half the time. That <laughs> I clearly remember watching within the first four years of my life and just being obsessed with. Um, the other one is tied for my number one because it literally started my love of music. But uh, but yeah, Oliver. No, I mean Oliver Reed is just. So charismatic. The entire film is amazing. The little boy is just got this angelic voice. And we got to meet the boy who played Oliver. We got to meet him last year. We got to meet Oliver last year. That's awesome. And I I couldn't help it. I like burst out into song in front of him and he went, You have a really lovely voice and I was like, Yeah, oh. he, he had that he had that little English accent of it. His eyes are the same, by the way. He might look older yeah. but he still has those like little like, Oh, I'm a puppy eyes that he uses all through the movie, you know. Um <laughs> I'm trying to think. My I favorite sang, I told of Fagan. I, oh, his the Fagin was so good. Like the whole dynamic between Fagin and Dodger, it's just such an entertaining play. Okay, anyway, well, I can't. Ron, Ron I, I get. Moody, I get off. Ron Moody. I, got, I get off the right. Uh, a woman directed uh, it, by the way. It was one of the first really? movies, I think, with a female director to win Best Picture, if I remember right. Uh, yeah. Like uh, and, one of the um, first songs I remember running around singing around the house is Oom Pop Pop. And then Jack Wilde as the Artful Dodger was just a breakout star uh, in the movie. Oliver Reed's Oliver Reed. But then, you know, I also really want to shout out to Shawnee Wallace as Nancy. Because uh, Oliver's kind of, once again, it's a drama, and I really prefer the dramas and over music. And Shani Williams, Nancy, is, is an abused character, but she's a very strong woman. And the whole, and it, it was the first time I saw that, you know, not, uh, you know, 
not a stereotypical abuse victim on camera, like in, especially mm. in a musical. You know, she's not put upon. She knew what she, she had herself in. Bad, she decided she made to be a happy lot of with bad decisions. She wasn't happy. I don't. I, I don't ever think she's actually happy. But you know, the no. Song, but I, she I, puts I, on a brave I, face and she decides to be happy. This is it's it's yeah. it's almost like okay, this is what I've been given. I'm going to be happy with it. As long as she needs me is one of the most heart wrenching, like it's desperately song. sad songs yeah. of all time. Uh, and Shawnee Wallace's version of it in the movie is absolutely gut wrenching, even more so than the pre- the, the stage version. Uh, I, I I just. I've always really felt for the Nancy in that character. And I just like, she, I just want to, you, she, you don't, you want to rescue her. She's, she's fully capable of rescuing herself and she chooses not to. And it, it was like, I've never actually seen a character like her in a musical before or a character in a movie. Mm. Like, so, you know, my, at a young age, uh, I was really, really taken by that character. Like even more so than Mark Lester as Oliver. Uh, though Jack Wilde is the Arthur Dodger, like I just want to be his friend. Like who wouldn't want to be his friend? Like he right? he's the coolest. But, yeah, you know he's but everything about it, and it doesn't pull its punches. There's some really violent things that happen in this movie. Um, it won Best Picture, and it's shot very cinematically. Uh, beautiful sets in England. Uh, anybody else have anything they want to say about Oliver? Uh, I have never actually sat down and watched the film version beginning to end. Oh, really? It's long. Yeah. It is long. Yeah, it's, that's one of the reasons why I, like, I think I recorded it occasionally, like here and there in DVR, and then I ran out of room on my DVR, so I'm like, oh, I'll never watch Oliver. Um, but no, I, uh, I just put the Netflix disc on my queue, so one of these days I will watch it. Ron Moody in, as Fagan, it's my favorite Fagan of any version of Oliver Twist I've ever seen. Uh, it, he is so good. His solo in the middle of the film is so amazing. Uh, and uh, it's just, it, it doesn't really have a, a, a wrong note. It's, it's really a pretty spectacular movie. Uh, and it's a good example of what's the late, late like that big cinemascope, late 60s yeah. vibe, yep. whereas everything fills the screen. It's really the last good example of that. Uh, you yeah. know, especially sequences with "Who Will Buy," like all of the street vendors. Oh God, yeah. The, the, the first pay. song in Act Two is is spectacular, yeah. absolutely spectacular. It's this huge dance number in the middle of a residential neighborhood in London. It's just really spectacular. And, you know, it's good shit. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I feel so like a drug man. All right, Queenie. Let's change this up. Let's get some weirdness here. What do we got? Weirdness? All right. Let's see. <laughs> For my number three, Evil Dead the Musical. <laughs> I actually saw That's it awesome. live. Yeah, I saw it live. I was in the splatter seats. It was great. <laughs> nice. Oh, Yay. nice. Mhm. Mm-hmm. I remember, like, I remember just seeing the giant book of the dead just sitting there, the Necronomicon. Like, that's how they started <laughs> things. They just had you stare at this giant book, and then they opened it up. It was great. <laughs> There's some catchy music in that one. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I met the guy who played Ash um, at Monster Mania here in Maryland. Yes, I did. Uh, he was awesome. He can totally. Do that flip that Bruce Campbell yeah. can, like, can grab his head and flip over. He can actually demonstrate it. He could do that. I was like, holy shit. He, he's pretty good. good. He's pretty good. Oh, my God. He's 
I saw it in Toronto. I, I, oh there. my god! So that's cool. I, that's a nice. You did change it up. I, I, you know, horror musicals are rare. <laughs> You get you get repo. They you are get dead. I think good horror I think musicals. There's a couple other out there. I the one I, the only one I have on my list is actually the Wicker Man. If you don't count Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, uh, so <laughs> I, have, I have the Wicker. I have the Wicker Man, the original one, not oh, yeah. Nicolas Cage, '73 version <laughs> of Edward Woodward. Um, so uh, you know, that, so I, I I wish I had more musical you know, horror musicals in my list, but I don't. So, uh, Aaron Cogan, what do we got? Yes. Number three, I have a tie. I have Uh-oh. Alice in Wonderland and The Lion King. Which Alice in Wonderland? Yep. Uh, Disney's Disney Alice in Wonderland, which, the, the little known fact, is the Disney movie with the most songs in it. Most people huh. don't realize that. I but, did not realize that. You know, all those little songs, you know, Golden Afternoon and... Mm-hmm. Uh, Little things here and there. And one of the most charming qualities about the movie, and and my wife was the first one to clue me to this, but um, uh, Alice Beaumont, who who does, Catherine, I'm sorry, Catherine Beaumont, who does the voice of Alice and does other uh, Disney heroines and animated things, Mm -hmm. uh, doesn't have a perfect singing voice. She has a little girl's voice, and it cracks occasionally, and it's it's very cool. Um, It's charming, yeah. And yeah, Alice in Wonderland is it just wonderful. It doesn't take wonderful. away from her performance at all. No, like, it adds know, to it, I think. No, no. Yeah. No, and there's no, so much no. going on. It's it's a frenetic film. I, I don't even know that it has much of a story, really. It, it's almost a, a trippy little tone poem. During the 70s, Disney re-released it and gave it a very psychedelic uh, poster, I, I think. <laughs> was, was sort of a little wink and a nod to the hippies. Go ahead, get stoned. Come in and watch this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Give me your money. <laughs> and then uh, The Lion King, which Disney weirdly trumpeted as their first original film based on Hamlet, uh, <laughs> is a beautiful film. I, I, yeah. I remember the trailer for it was just the opening seven minutes of yeah. uh, Circle of Life which is some of the most stunning animation that yeah. Disney has ever produced. And that's really but saying something. But it's all something. downhill from there. It's spectacular. <laughs> oh, no, no, I disagree. Kind of agree. I disagree. <laughs> but um, uh, in addition to uh, having some great voice acting in it and a really good story, it has one of my, if not my, absolute favorite villain song of all time. Oh, be prepared. Yeah, that is a good one. Yeah, there. and again, and that's my favorite villain fact, song too. I have to agree with you. Not sung by Jeremy Irons. Really? Jeremy Irons blew his voice out, and Jim yeah. Cummings, who does the voice okay. of one that's of Jim the uh, hyena, uh, actually did it for him as Jeremy Irons. Huh. I did not. That's know really that. good. That's a great yeah. vocal too. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I was trying to stay away from Disney films that were animated in my list because that would completely shuffle it. Because you know, Beauty and the Beast is like my favorite. But um, oh yeah, but and I could have I done also have a top ten list of just Disney films. Yeah, and I uh, 
And, we, and we I didn't have Disney to convince them all animated. This show. We, opened, yeah. we opened Sexy Witches <laughs> with a Sexy Witch Round Robin and a Disney villain. So we, we got yeah. that one. You know, we did yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, but I, want, I wanted to mention, though, we got, I have Pete's uh, Dragon on my list, which is, I think, one of the oh, most the unsung music and Pete's Dragon musicals. Is so good. How about Pete's Dragon? It is. It is so good. Yeah. Oh, Ben of Roosticks is good, but I think that Pete's Dragon is special. Uh, yeah, Candles the of Water yeah. is a beautiful is so song. That's uh, my yeah, mom. My really mom that that song. Song. I had the 45 uh, yeah, no, so. along the water. <laughs> Pass them away. Yeah. Pass them uh, away. So, uh, where are we at? So number three was Oliver. So I'm going to skip Oliver and go and, and really quick, I wanted to yell an honorable mention out and it's for a single moment in one movie. And it was a movie called I love you, man in 2008. And it's oh, yeah. the song, a taste for love, which is an unironic Dracula pup, a vampire puppet movie oh, uh, yeah. musical. And oh, it's yeah. Absolute, I, I love puppet musicals, and I uh, like I love the Muppet movies on my list as well. Uh, Labyrinth is on my mm-hmm. list as well. Uh, you know, so I love, and, and I always let that moment. I was like, I really want to see the whole. He actually wrote the whole thing. Jason Siegel wrote the whole musical. It exists. I would <laughs> like to see it. <laughs> I would absolutely like to see it. Uh, so, uh, Taste for Love, I actually posted it a couple days ago, so uh, I wanted to throw that out there. So, uh, we're going to go ahead and Erin Marie, go on, number two. Well, let's finish this up. Oh, I don't think I did my three. Did I miss a three? You oh, she three. did. Yeah. It's okay. I'll do it quickly. What did I miss? Um, we, go. You yeah. Emily. I'm sorry. Me. It's okay. That's oh, okay. I'm evil. Um, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to say. We're forgiven. No, no, because we kept jumping up around. Uh, my number three is Labyrinth, which I know isn't necessarily the best music, but it's we're talking about the movies that like shaped you, Labyrinth totally. Yeah. And I think the music in it is so great. And oh, the music all is of it's great. Different. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's always doing the music. So yeah, it's Labyrinth. It's obvious why we can we can move on to number two. No, but actually, I'm glad you brought it up because I just brought it up too. The labyrinth, though, I heard you said one of your favorite moments is when they're staring down when he, she finally gives the big speech to David Christine Bowie. Christine the big speech. Mine is Dance Magic Dance. I'm simple. Okay, I want you to watch it again. She misses a line. The dangers untold and her just went cup and and her, and her I fought my way to here to the castle beyond the Goblin City to take back the the child that yeah, you have stolen. Broken, the child that you have stolen. Yeah. For oh, your really at the end of the movie, she misses a line. Huh. She misses a line. Will... She misses one of the okay. lines. Go back and watch it. Because uh, I, 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 maybe it's my edit, but I go over it, and I swear, they, they edit it so she doesn't actually say it. She cuts uh, the take back the child you have stolen. She doesn't actually say that line. You, I think you're right, because she says, so my will is as strong as yours, and my kingdom is great. And she's like trying yeah. to think it, and then because the line she always forgets is, "You have no power over me." Forgets is, "You have yeah. no power yeah. over me." You are right. Yeah. Do as I say. Yeah. And you I have no power over me. Over me. Over me. But yeah. I, I forgive it. I forgive it for that because I think it's an editing mistake, and not. I, she probably actually did say it. If I always probably. guessed, but yeah. um, but it does have like some of the best musical moments ever. Uh, Kevin Nash at his best. Um, you know, yep. who played Elmo, uh, and, and he's in it a lot. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. so Labyrinth really definitely. And I, I will out. say, I will say that um, Labyrinth is one of my ones tied for number one, and that was the oh, one. Good. 
that was the one that when I was reading through the musical list, I went, holy shit, Labyrinth is a musical. What the fuck is wrong with oh, me? It's God, my yeah. favorite movie of all time. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I just yeah, don't no, think of it as a musical. musical. Yeah, it is. It's you could take the songs yeah. out of it. And, you know, the songs aren't necessarily moving the action, but they're such a big part of it, I think. Mm-hmm. They really I are, think but that's because Labyrinth is like, it's written by Terry. It, it's what, written by Terry Jones, right? Yeah, is it not? I think so, yeah. Where it was so, yeah. Yeah, so it's got Monty Python, George Lucas Studios, Jim Henson Puppets, David mm-hmm. Bowie Music. I mean, how could yep. you fucking go wrong you, with that combination? You, and Jennifer Carly yeah, at friggin' 17. I mean, look at her. I think she's even younger. I, mean, I think she was like 14. You, you guys want to no, hear no, something really younger. funny? She was, yeah. she you wanna, was 15 when You want to hear something really funny? Go for it. My daughter, Madison, when she was little, she thought when we watched the labyrinth, that that was me. But when I was younger, oh, she thought I was the girl in the labyrinth. Oh, that's adorable. All right, Erin Marie, number two. We gotta finish up. It's way later than we usually do these shows. I've been okay. My number two is the one. My number two is the only one that I, the only one of my top five that I developed a love for as an adult. But hmm. I can literally sit down and I, there's one week that I watched it like two or three times and I ended up like taking it. Like after I'd seen it two or three times, I realized that Liz had never seen it. And I was like, you've never seen Reefer Madness the musical? Are you crazy? <laughs> it's a it is just so ridiculously cheesy and fun and everything. Yep. I mean, just the satire of it is hysterical. Alan Cumming is so good in that. <laughs> Especially if you've seen the original. Yeah. Yeah. I'm choking. I'm sorry. Awesome. <laughs> and it's available. That's on instinct. You can watch that right now. <laughs> it destroyed I see it all the time. <laughs> I watch it all the time. I end up watching it. Like, it's the one musical that I end up watching most often through the year. Yeah. It's a delight. That's awesome. Uh, so, Emily, you're number two. My number two. Uh, my number two. Now, I'm not a religious person in any way, but fuck it. I love G- the film version of Jesus Christ Superstar. And that's my Amen. Name. Yep. I love Which that one? Uh, I, I'm... Jesus Christ Superstar. Jesus right? Christ Superstar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. Again, God, like, um, like Fiddler on the Roof, it also has that openness about it where – it's, I love the setup of like, oh, we're a bunch of hippies and we just landed somewhere and now we're filming this musical. And it's <laughs> that, like, they're just in sprawling desert landscape and the, the music, it's Andrew Lloyd Webber at his best. Um, the music is so good. Um, uh, Carl Anderson is a god. Um, Ted Neely's voice does things that I don't think are human. Uh, and it's just wonderful. Hmm. And uh, I love it. So that's my number two. Right on. That's a fantastic number two. Awesome, awesome. So, uh, Angela Rubber always gets a shout out in some way. I mean, Sarah Brightman was married to him for a while. So, there you go. Yep. You know, she's exactly. excellent taste. I mean, he literally created Fan of the Opera for her, specifically. Yep. Well, mm. I mean, yeah, absolutely. So, all right, Queenie, number two. Evil Dead was your last one. What do you got for us this time? Yep. Number two, I got. Moulin Rouge. <laughs> oh, And Across the Universe. Oh, yay. Oh. Julie Taylor. I like Across the Universe. 
across the universe is really special to me because when me and my husband was apart, it was like, ah, oh, so painful. <laughs> like I was watching it while I was still doing INS stuff. Oh man, that movie oh. makes me cry. <laughs> and some of oh, yeah, the, he, he gets, um, I want to hold your hand. So does Moulin Rouge so too. <laughs> Right, he gets deported at the end of the story, doesn't he? I love the Roxanne sequence of Moulin Rouge is just spectacular. It's such a good movie. Spectacular, spectacular. I always sing your song Spectacular, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And where would modern figure skating be without Moulin Rouge right now? My one problem with Moulin Rouge is Kylie Minogue, the the cute, effervescent Kylie Minogue, doesn't sing her own little bit as the Green Fairy. What was that? Yeah. And that's my one problem with the whole thing. Yeah. Other than that, I love that movie. Uh, I'm going to, like, refrain because I can't stand a single frame of that film. But, Alex, I I, I won't go into why. So I will – I can't say anything nice. I won't say anything at all. But I do want to say it, it sparked my interest in absence, and I got so <laughs> drunk go. after seeing that film for the first time. You don't so love the cover of Roxanne through? that's almost like Tom Waits doing it? Yeah. Holy This is about the movies. This is about the right. movies. But okay. how did you get so, through fair. this figure skating season with hating Moulin Rouge when every other figure skater skated to music from it? Huh. Yeah. <laughs> it, the That's music so isn't true. the problem. The music isn't the okay. problem, even though, once again, it breaks my rule about having 75% original material. There's nothing original oh, yeah. about the music in Milan Rouge. You know, it's more of a Baz Luhrmann. You know I'm not a Baz Luhrmann fan. I don't like his direction okay. That's at all. That's fair, I guess. Oh. Um, so it, it's really about Baz Luhrmann more than the, the, the people in it. Because, you know, Cole Kidman, the goddess, as you know. Yeah. Uh, Amen. So beautiful. Oh, yeah, Preach yeah, that red so, dress. Oh, oh mm-hmm. I know. And the costumes are phenomenal. There's nothing wrong yeah. with the so art good. direction and the costuming. It's so good. I I can't say there is anything wrong with that at all. So, uh, but so anyway, I honor that you love Moulin Rouge. A lot of people do. <laughs> Thank you. So no yeah, problem. So all right, Aaron Kogan, who also loves Moulin uh, Rouge with a passion. What was your well, number? Well, my two? number two is uh, uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas, which you've already talked about. So, um, all right, so bring yeah. it out. Let's see. Uh, we could talk about uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. We could talk about <laughs> Phantom of the Paradise. We could talk about um, honorable mentions: the album Chess that never got to mm-hmm. make it to a, uh, a movie, but has had some very, very limited stage showings. I knew someone that was in chess, actually. Oh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah. It's so coming back to Broadway, I think, this season. I don't know in what iteration, but it's uh, really I spring. I, yeah, yeah. I did hear something about that actually. Uh, Ooh, so, I, in the same vein, I would also throw out Stan Freeberg presents the United States of America, Volume One, the early years which was a Broadway production done to a vinyl record. It never actually mm. got a release of on a stage. It is a, Stan Freeberg is a comedian and advertiser who uh, was very controversial in his day, even though he's pretty white bread. He did the John and Marsha clip, which is the first thing that was ever <laughs> banned in Boston. 
And uh, <laughs> but he also did something called Green Christmas, which is one of my favorite Christmas songs that the advertisers were so offended by. No one would play their advertising a half hour before <laughs> or after it played on a radio. Uh, so I absolutely love Sam Freeberg. And he did a satire record about coming to America. Uh, and listen to this record. It's phenomenal. So, you know, so going out on that one. Uh, my my number two, uh, we don't have to worry about my number one because we already talked about Music Man. So my number two, I'm glad I'm ending with, um, is the only lead I can sing or I have sung. And it's My Fair Lady, Life of Doolittle. Oh, I can yeah. Um, and My Fair Lady, it was one of my first films that I fell in love with. Everything about it. Rex Harrison, the costuming, the songs, the story. Yeah. Um, Pygmalion is a great play anyways. Yeah, here's one of the times where the musical ending is different from the play. In the play, she leaves him and stays left. And I've always appreciated mm-hmm. that a little bit more. But then again, it's Rex Harrison, and being snarky is what it's all about when it comes to him. Yeah. So uh, I, I yeah. love that. That was one of the movies, lady. like, I, I I watched a lot of AMC and older movies and older musicals and stuff like that all through high school. Like, I watched a ton of stuff. And I remember the first time I sat down to watch My Fair Lady going through two and a half hours. And then the end line yeah, the is... Yeah. Right? And the end Where line the ends up, my you go fetch my slippers. And I'm like, yeah. Where the devil is my she came slippers. home to you. I sat, yeah. I sat through this whole goddamn movie for two and a half hours to go get my slippers? Fuck off. <laughs> but then I ended yeah. up appreciating the music and stuff once I watched it a few more times. But, man, I was so mad the first time I saw it. <laughs> I get but you have to admit, though, I, I, I'm, I, I'm not a very sentimental girl, but I'll tell you, when the prince chooses her to dance with him, oh, my <laughs> God. In that dress, with that neck, with that hair, <laughs> you know, I was like, I wanted that dress. I wanted to be her. Like that, I even actually like the ascot dress she wears more in the race sequence. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, you know, it's it's the big hat. And by the way, people really do wear yeah. that shit at those ascot race, which is kind of amazing. Uh, so my fair lady is just one of those like it, it doesn't all some of it does like gets a little dated like I said the gender politics of some of these movies don't quite hold up uh, but the uh, but the the grand scale of it is old school Hollywood at its finest and you've got yeah, Audrey Hepburn definitely. and honestly That's yes so she's not singing her own part but neither did Natalie Wood neither one of them sure. sang the leads in their movies uh, but it is sung by. Aaron Cogan and I, one of our favorite voice actors of all time, Marnie Nixon. Marnie, Marnie yeah. Nixon does the voice, and she is brilliant as Eliza Doolittle. Her vocal queen yeah. in the movie yeah. is not is great, absolutely great. And you know, and, and Natalie Wood's performance, her performance as Natalie Wood is kind of weird because it's supposed to have this like Puerto Rican accent that neither one yeah. of them actually have. Yeah, well. uh, but 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 Eliza Doolittle's Cockney accent is something that anybody can do with a little practice, and she just nails it. Uh, you know, so uh, you know, I absolutely love uh, My Fair Lady. All right, so real quick, our number ones: Aaron Marie, go. Okay, I already mentioned what my tie for number one was: Labyrinth. So the my other yep. tie, the one who got me into musicals in the first place. Who my mom tells me when I was four years old, I like I used to walk down the stairs and throw my leg up over the banister and sing Little Bitty Pissant Country Place is Bethel Morehouse in Texas. Yes. Yay. Oh, well done. 
Well, Yay. I wanted big tits. I got them. <laughs> like everything about that movie. You I remember did. my mom used to make me go out of the room for the nude parts, but I would like peek through the curtains because we had curtains <laughs> to our living room and like watch anyway because I loved that musical. It was just so fun to me. And I That's still to this day, I still oh love God. every bit of it. And, and I can sing Little Bitty Pissant Country Place perfectly. Every little song. <laughs> <time. laughs> I have it at number 16 on my list. I absolutely adore it. I think Burt Reynolds and her have such great chemistry on the movie. Yep, yep. And, you know, <laughs> and Dom DeLuise. And then you add Jim the Neighbors. Jim Neighbors is awesome. And then my favorite thing in the world is Charles Sunin singing uh, Dance a Little Sidestep in the Austin oh, uh, yep. Capitol. Sidestep. So on location. And that's what I think of every time I see our politicians talk nowadays. Ooh. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Uh, yeah, no, now it, it really, that's all I ever see. Now it, uh, 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 bang on. No, that's it, exactly right. So and it's also, once again, a musical based on something that really happened, which is delightful. Yeah. I always love when that happens. Uh, so, uh, you know, so yeah, we, we love Bethel Horror. Good choice. Yes. High five, virtual high five. So, uh, <laughs> All right, Emily, this is it. You're number one. Your piece okay. Of is um, so my number one is, I, I'm surprised it hasn't come up yet, but uh, it's such a good musical. And the film version, it's a case where the film took an off-Broadway musical and did a film version that is so such a pure delight, and that is Little Shop of Horrors. Nice. Little Shop of Horrors, yay. It's, yay. it's in oh, my top 25. <laughs> But I do love Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. It's just perfection Little to me. Little Shop of um, Horrors is 11 on my list. Yeah. So it's Alex there. Is, is Morata, I just showed it to my kids last year. I also oh, have nice. it on my list. <laughs> nice. Um, uh, I got this a few years ago so, when they were reissuing it, when they were showing it with, like, the alternate ending, which I actually don't like. I see, don't I haven't seen the alternate the ending. I need to see you know, it's, it's interesting because it's just really impressive. But it, to me, it just doesn't work because I don't – and I mean, Frank Oz knew it, and he's always said it, which is on stage when your leads die, they come back for a curtain call. And so you leave mm-hmm. a theater still on a high because there's music playing. But in a film where you've grown to love these characters, if you kill them, they're dead. They're gone. They're not coming back. And so, and then to end on this kind of just chaos of the plants taking over the world just switches the tone so much and it makes it really dark. And so, no, I want my Audrey and Seymour going off in, into their somewhere that's green together. And I, that's, so that's the ending I take. Well, that's right. funny because it doesn't I, – I was in a stage production of Little Shop of Horrors. I actually played Leaf number two. I was part of Audrey. Uh, so, um, you know, but um, – I, I really didn't have a title. I just called myself like number two, but I was, I was one of the top ones. Anyway, but, but the ending of it's not even the, the song yeah. is correct. Like the song in the, that clip is right. But the, the ending actually is way cooler because they are in the stomach of, yeah. of Audrey too. And everyone's yep. singing a finale, including the three backup singers. And there's like, Fog and glitter and miracles. Right, and the plan, depending on your production, a, the plant should be taking over the stage and maybe even the audience. Like it, it yeah, totally works exactly. out. But on yeah, on film, so it it doesn't, and it's they're they're too great a couple for you to watch them die. Um, no, and, and, and that little tear she drops as he, yep. he sees he's alive is such an emotional yeah. moment. It's it's amazing close up. Yeah. So brilliant. when I saw it when they and were then, showing. 
they were showing the um the like version on screens at uh, Lincoln Center, and they they had like a Q, they had like a whole thing. Frank Oz was there, and Ellen Green was there, and um Alan Menken was Alan Menken played the piano for Ellen Green singing somewhere the screen oh, on nice. stage, and it was like oh. the best moment of my life. Right um, on. That's that's funny though. Yeah. In my mind, the films that they're you know parroting, pastiching, whatever, they end with down endings the blob and what have you, and with the world getting destroyed, eaten, whatever. Yeah, but I I don't want Audrey and and Seymour to end (laughs) down. As a rule, I I like the dour endings, but I think in the film it works better as a happy ending. It does. I think the flow flow works better. So I'll agree with you. Yeah, and if you've ever heard Frank Oz talk about it, he says how, like, their test screenings were were infamous for being the biggest audience drop off where like audience members leaving the test screenings were like, I loved it. And then, but I loved it for the first hour and I hated it in the end. And like all gave it like failing grade. And that's when the studio was like, you can't end it this way. So, and I think they were actually right for once. So yeah, that's my number one. Oh, excellent. Queenie, you're number one. All right, guys, this is my number one film. Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Oh, good. Oh, yeah, I really struggled yeah. with where to put that. That's on my list. It, like, oh, yeah. because of what Hedwig goes through, I feel so connected to him, like her and them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. oh, he's so... I put on some makeup. Yep. I put on the Angry track. I pull the wig down from the shelf. Yeah, so good. Yes. Yeah, and and honestly, we should have a, a, we should talk about that one in its own episode. We've been kind of saving it for that. Totally. So at some point, we're going to talk about Hedwig mm. on its own. Um, okay. So, yeah, uh, I and, love that. It means yeah. so much to me. Yeah, we've been meaning to do that for a while. Um, it's Aaron, technically my quick, third. We're almost musical. out of time. I, have, I wish I could talk about it more, but we're almost out of time. Aaron, you're up. I don't have to give my uh, number one. I, did, so. I have a tie. Uh, 1776, which we've already talked about. Right I will just mm-hmm. add one thing. Uh, it's totally relevant even today. Uh, I remember uh, reading that Richard Nixon put pressure to eliminate the number cool, considerate men. And uh, <laughs> there's a reason why he tried to do that. The motherfucker. Uh, and my number, my my tie with 1776 is uh, what's got to be the greatest musical of all time. And and I did mostly favorites, but this one I really, really, really think is one of, if not the greatest music of all times. All that jazz. Mm, nice. uh little Roman Clef is yep. just fucking genius on so many levels. And it's my favorite Roy Scheider performance of all time. He is so sexy. He is in that phenomenal movie. in that bit. Yeah. yeah. It's unreasonable. It's a great. And that's a great one and, to land on. All that jazz and Bob Fosse, the man himself. And unfortunately, right? we don't have time for your WonderCon preview, Aaron. But uh, will you come back on the next episode and recap it? Of course. Okay, because we got to go. Unfortunately, we are out yeah. of time because I am out of money. So, Harold, <laughs> wish me luck. Norister is here. We've already got an yeah, snow here. on the ground. So, uh, let's keep our fingers crossed. Yes, 
We'll come back in two weeks, and I have no idea what we're doing in two weeks. Uh, something. <laughs> we'll do something. Uh, but in Wonder two weeks, Con. we'll come back. WonderCon recap, for sure. Uh, and uh, thank you, Emily and Trivia. Of the My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Woo! I am so glad awesome. you were on the show. Awesome. Thank you, Emily. We, we got to get Christina on there. Uh, Queenie, thank you. No problem. Aaron, thank you. It was a long show. I knew it was going to be, but I'm happy we all made it together. Uh, Thanks and, uh, for taking one of my suggestions. <laughs> yes. And, oh, well, you had this week. This was your month, the month of Aaron. So now we'll move on to the April, and we'll figure out what that month is going to be about. <laughs> uh, we'll come back in two weeks. Uh, my birthday. <laughs> and Oh, yeah, and your birthday. Uh, Happy birthday. Blessed be and all that. And don't forget, life is all your own movie. Writes like a movie, write your own ending. Keep believing, keep pretending we've done just what we